In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Hey, it's Warhorse and you need to shut your mouth, open your eyes, and clean out your ears, because it's time to listen to the Raw and Order podcast. That's right, they're bringing you the best in all that meaty podcasty goodness in one, what is it, an hour, two, who cares, who gives a shit, you need to listen to it right now, or else Warhorse is gonna, I don't know, roll your ass! I never get tired of that Warhorse intro. Never. Uh, welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet with that very specific Warhorse intro. The only one with that one. Uh, I am your host, Detective Mark Smarts, and I am joined, as always, by one of my partners in crime fighting. This week, it is JLB. What's going on, man? How are you? goes good good sir it goes good still can't uh yeah i absolutely love that warhorse intro as well that's still <laughs> classic still not getting old and tired of it so that's a good no. sign warhorse is very eccentric though so yeah, makes sense he's he's the best he is the best uh if, follow him on twitter if you don't already uh he is hilarious but um <laughs> not joining us tonight is uh <laughs> da Vincent K. Fabe uh, has a sick child and has to take care of them. And as a father, I know what that's like. So, so you know, good best wishes to him and his his kid for getting better. Um, but uh, we're gonna roll on with this live stream. Uh, if you're joining us on the live stream, welcome. Hit us up in the comments with any uh, questions or comments that you have on this. Um, if you're listening to us later, you can still hit us in the comments if you're watching us the replay on YouTube or uh, Facebook. Um, or if you're just listening to it, you can shoot us a, a tweet at our names that are up on the screen right now. Or uh, mm -hmm. you can hit me up on email at rawandorderwbu at gmail.com or on Facebook, wherever. Pissant Podcast on Facebook. Just go at Pissant Podcast get you right there um but yeah so uh we're gonna talk about the wrestling crimes in uh the industry uh this week that's kind of what we do and i use the air quotes crimes on this sometimes because here's the deal we're fake cops he's a fake hey. mountie. he's a he's a fake mountie we need to give him that big old mountie hat Get them That'd be course. awesome. I, uh, <laughs> I I feel like we wouldn't have those in Quebec. Uh, perhaps if I go to the West in Calgary or something like that. I'll try to find it. I'll make it my mission. I'm no longer in school, so I have time to waste. Uh, finding a Mountie hat. I'll do my darndest. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm uh, playing around with a new um, location for my microphone and... Uh, don't know if um it's gonna be my favorite place for it. well we will have to just we see will indeed find out here but uh the premise of this show like i say is is fairly simple we um we talk about the crimes in the wrestling world of today and in the past and by crimes i mean anything we either did like or didn't like um yep pretty much 
it's it's really wide open on everything there. Um, you know, we we talk about the the product. We challenge them to get better, um, mm -hmm. or sometimes praise the things that they are doing well. So, right. um, so before we get into doing all that, though, I always like to take this moment to remind people that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. Um, so if you haven't already, link is in the doobly-doos down below for tatnusco.com. You can head on over there and see the other shows in the network. Um, and let us know uh, what ones you liked and what ones you didn't. And let them know that we sent you. Um, yeah! Yeah, there's also all sorts of stuff in that doobly-doo as well, including links to our <laughs> merch store where you can get a Sweet at t-shirt or hat or anything <laughs> like that. Um, uh, our Patreon, if you want us to support us that way. And all of our socials and all of that stuff in there as well. So, um, but yeah, we will go ahead and get into the uh, wrestling crimes. I always open up the floor to uh, one of my co-hosts to see if they want to go first before... Uh, you know yeah i mean look i'll do it but i'll just open it right on the big topic at hand the one that kind of made headlines since smackdown ended and uh my crime is ultimately uh from what we know at least because there's three sides to every story of course um Seems like the dirt sheets have been getting a lot of different sides all saying the same thing. But my crime is um, for now going to be going to Charlotte Flair for not checking your ego at the door. Um, so for those of you who've lived under a rock, chose randomly not to watch SmackDown or whatever have you. Essentially, there was a title exchange that happened on SmackDown. Uh, it didn't go to plan. Charlotte Flair at one point ended up throwing the belt on the floor, which apparently wasn't a part of the uh, schedule, uh, not the scheduling, but part of the plan to do so. Um, and it just things got a little aggressive. Becky Lynch then shoved her title or pushed or threw her title at Charlotte Flair, which wasn't necessarily supposed to happen in that way. Um, and that's all we saw. But boy, did we get a newsreel the next day. We heard of there being heat backstage, Charlotte being uh, very angry before SmackDown of her not wanting to look weak and her not wanting to um, essentially do what was supposed to be planned for the title um, exchange. And thus, there being an altercation between Becky and Flair backstage, nothing physical, just apparently a lot of yelling, which ended up having Charlotte Flair escorted out of the building. Um, and also, a bunch of rumors are still happening in terms of apparently everyone is on Becky's side. She's quote-unquote the hero of the story for standing up for herself. And uh, Charlotte Flair is apparently going through some things. There is a lot of people who don't necessarily want to work with her and or she has been also isolating herself from the rest of the locker room, leading a lot of people to believe what is in fact going on with Charlotte Flair. Um, so based off all of this news, um, 
I listen, I don't know if it's an ego thing. I don't know if she is going through something mentally. I, I don't know, right? I I'm not in that locker room. I am not a I'm not a psychologist either. Uh, but for now, from the stuff that we do know, um, I will have to present uh, a charge to Charlotte Flair for simply not being a team player at this point in time uh, of just a simple title exchange. Um, I, I think it was over-exaggerated, perhaps, of what she was thinking of how she would look weak. It's a title exchange. It's not even a matchup. Okay, so whether I don't know how it was supposed to be planned, but even if you just legitimately handed her the title and Becky handed you the title, all you really could have done was talk a little trash, blah, 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 blah. Maybe you come to blows and Bianca Baylor comes in at the end of the day. I don't know how this would may have made Charlotte weak. So I don't know if she's just in her own head and uh, everybody, she thinks every, she should, she, maybe she's not playing a role on screen. Maybe this character that we see Charlotte play every week isn't a role. And she's embodied that queen image for herself. And maybe this is now no longer a character, but Charlotte Flair, the human being. I don't know. And I don't want to judge because, listen, at the end of the day, I'm reading the dirt sheets like any Joe Blow is reading the dirt sheets. Right? But at this point in time, I'm going to have to give a charge to Charlotte Flair uh, for just not being a team player, not doing what's right for business, not necessarily what's right for Charlotte, but what's right for business. Okay. And uh, I digress. Yep. No, I, I, I don't entirely disagree with you on this. Um, obviously, there's parts of the story that we don't know. However, yeah. the reports that I've read uh, do state a little bit about it. This actually goes back to a while ago. Becky and Charlotte apparently don't uh, get along very well right. okay. at all. Going back to uh, promos from like two years ago where... Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Becky was uh, defending her world title at the time, and Charlotte had to take some time off. And Becky put out a tweet of something like, you know, I, I, I defended my title with a broken nose and all of this stuff. And, and uh, you had to take some time off to get something done. You know what I mean? Implying breast implants or, or nose job or whatever it was. Right. right? Uh, and there also was apparently, I don't know if it was in a promo or in a tweet, but Becky used, using the phrase plastic about Charlotte. And so Charlotte took some of those things personally. However, again, like you said, this is a business. And as a business, you need to be a professional. Uh, the other thing, though, that I will point out on this is um, in the grand scheme of things, this is important to remember that WWE booked themselves into this problem. For sure. And, I don't even know why this was advertised. Well, it, it didn't need to be advertised. It didn't need to be a big production. Like, remember last year when uh, the draft happened and Street Profits were the champions yeah. for Raw and 
Uh, New Day were the champions for SmackDown. And they just had a little segment backstage. We're like, hey, you want our belts? We'll take your belts. Cool. Yeah, but they're both face. That's the difference. Well, they are both Did anyone do that in heel? When they were Um, heel? No, but this was the first. I mean, that was the first time that that exchange had happened like that. And this is the second time. So, But I'm saying that that there's there's a way. What not to do. Yeah, what not to do for next time. (laughs) But the other thing that has come out, though. And again, this is why I, I still put a lot of the blame on WWE. Charlotte's not blameless in this, but I do put some of the blame on WWE because Charlotte, word has come out, Charlotte uh, lobbied very heavily for Bianca Belair to win the title from her on Raw last week. She wanted Bianca to win the title off of her so that then they didn't have to do this title exchange thing. You think just to kind of avoid doing anything with Becky? Maybe. Maybe it was about that. But reports have it that she's also really, really sold on Bianca Belair. She thinks Bianca Belair's uh, championship material. It needs to be. Um, and, and then and then the, the exchange, uh, there wouldn't have been an exchange. It would have probably had to have been a uh, Becky vacates the title situation because. Right there wouldn't be the raw title coming over. And so maybe I, like I said, I can't rule that out, but in the end, this all still comes down to this. If, if it's true that Becky and Charlotte haven't gotten along for years, which I remember hearing that rumor a year ago, uh, before Becky had left for, for her pregnancy. Um, Mm. and so if this has been known for so long, WWE should have known that this, handoff was not going to go smoothly likely and and just book it differently i mean in the end they're in charge of the booking so you just don't book a handoff and i guess that's the real lesson that i think we learned from this is that handoffs don't really work stupid they're stupid in multiple ways contract signings are stupid but i get why you do it to Mm -hmm. legitimize your title whatever but but in the end they could have easily had uh had it be you know Charlotte loses the title to to Becky um uh you mean Belair to excuse me Belair yeah but then Becky coming over to Raw does another cheap heel tactic thing to beat Belair again and get the title on Raw and vacates the the SmackDown title and then Charlotte goes up against someone on SmackDown and wins I mean the like I said I'm I'm on the fly fantasy booking this because the simple fact is there's a way they could have booked this and not had any of this shit happen. You know what I mean? Right. And if, the, if it's true of what if it's two years ago, they, they had heat been, and whatever. Cause that plastic thing on Twitter could have just been heel work. Well, it could have been, but here's the deal is it's really easy for heel work to get personal, personal, right? That's true. That's and right. if, if Becky said it in heel work and Charlotte took it personally, mm-hmm. then then it easily could be Charlotte still holding on to that grudge. Um, here here's what I want to point out, and I and I want to to bring this out here though for all of our listeners and all of the people in the internet wrestling community to to take a stop, stop, take a deep breath. Charlotte's not showing up on AEW anytime soon. <laughs> right? Yeah, she has it's, like a few years in her yeah, contract. Yeah, she's got like two years left at least on her contract. 
Uh, that's a lot of time for yeah. for things to this to, to all blow over. Blow and look, over. at the end of the day, if they do decide not to use her for a while, and I mean that whole that whole treatment for her plastic thing, I imagine that would even count more towards hey, this is going to be time overlapped. Yeah, onto we'll your we'll add it on to the end. They, they've so, done it before, so. But that's um, my point: is is she's not the only way she shows up on AEW is if WWE lets her out of her contract early. And they're not which, gonna do it. Why for would her. you do that? Not yeah. for her. They'll let fucking Tony Nese out of her, his contract because who gives a fuck about Tony Nese, right? Now, and, mm. and that that's that's me it's not me. trying to knock on Tony Nese, who's the air quotes hottest free agent in in AEW. Um, it's a bit of a knock. Uh, the hottest free agent in wrestling, according to AEW. I like Tony Nese. He apparently wrestled <laughs> on in the dark tapings. Uh, oh snap! Today. Really? Yep. Um, which, oh, but that's coming out. Tuesday. Yeah, it'll it'll come out Tuesday, Tuesday or or I don't know if it was the dark or the elevation. elevation whatever, so it might Monday be Monday or Tuesday. or Tuesday. I think it's the Tuesday one. Um, apparently, here's the deal: Did we not know that he was probably going to be wrestling in AEW at some point soon? Because they kept pointing him out on Dynamite the other day. They kept saying, "Look, Tony Nese is in the audience. Look, there's Tony Nese in the audience, the hottest free agent in wrestling right now." Right. Okay. Is he really? Is he really the hottest free agent in wrestling right now? Not right now. No. <laughs> no. Not right no. now. No. It, well, it, it, I mean, you have Buddy Matthew. He's better. Buddy Matthews is better though. So I, I can't would say, say Buddy Matthews. Bray. We can't say Bray yet. Can't say Bray. Bray's not, not technically a free, a free agent, agent yet. Uh, but Braun is. Nope. Nope. Tony Nese is better. Don't you dare. Don't. No, <laughs> I disagree. No. Um. I I who didn't think, come out to band for bound for glory. No, he uh, he didn't. Apparently, there were um there there's some things from uh bound for glory that we will talk about a little okay. bit later. But uh apparently um like the reports were he's going to debut for Impact soon, and then as an addendum, they said possibly even at bound for glory. Um, I think that was just the the um dirt sheets hedging their bets saying if we say possibly even then he doesn't show up we didn't technically lie right because we said he could show up and then he mm -hmm. didn't um anyways uh so so anyways braun or titan apparently is what he's going to wrestle under now titan uh yeah which i think i i actually i'm going to give him a little bit of credit for it because uh Titan Entertainment is actually the official name of WWE's corporation, Titan Sports Entertainment. Oh, snap. Um, okay. So, so choosing Titan as his name, his wrestling name, is kind of a, a little dig, and I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. Um. Anyways, but he didn't show up. There were some some uh, fun shenanigans at uh, Bound for Glory. I didn't watch it all. I've watched some highlights of it and everything, but mm. um, but anyways, but so Braun is still technically a free agent as of right now because he hasn't debuted. Buddy Matthews is still technically a free agent, uh, even though it's been announced that he's going to appear on New Japan Strong. It, he isn't under a long-term contract with them as far as we know. Right. Uh, so he's still teasing. He's He is trolling every day um because he he tweeted something the other day this was like friday night and he said uh you know it's been a r rough day but 
you know, I am bound and determined to continue seeking glory. Um, things uh, something like that. Uh, I was like, ah, uh, trolling still. Anyways, um, but but again, like I said, is is uh, Charlotte definitely bears the brunt of this, and I don't disagree there. But WWE booked themselves into this corner, and the lesson they need to learn is don't do that. Um, you know, they, there are lots of ways they could have booked this to happen without this handoff, and that put it back. But again, you know, it, Charlotte tweeted out a picture today with her and Andrade working out in the Planet Fitness, and they're both wearing AEW hats, and of course, the internet wrestling community exploded oh it's it's for certain now i'm like no wwe wow. is not letting charlotte out of their contract um they will wwe will force her to sit at home for the remainder of her contract instead oh. of let her out right now um period right i mm-hmm. that's you know again uh if if mustafa ali said, I want out of my contract. WWE might let him out of their contract because they don't see the huge upside in him. The, the only reason they see some upside with him <coughs> is uh, because he's got that... Um, I, can't, I can't remember what, uh, what country he, his heritage is. Oh, um, I don't... But, but anyways, he, he's Muslim. I can look it up here. And so he's got that kind of draw. It's the same thing with Mansoor, right? Uh, they're going to keep Mansoor. He's Saudi Arabian because he's from oh, Saudi right. Arabia, <laughs> and and so they trot him out um, every time they go to Saudi Arabia. He's undefeated in Saudi Arabia. Um, in fact, fun fact here: um, that is the only major streak left alive in WWE. Is the Mansoor undefeated in Saudi Arabia streak? Sounds about right. Yeah. So, um, but, but, you know, if Mustafa Ali said, I want out of my contract or, or heck, even if Karrion Cross <laughs> said, I want out of my contract, WWE might let him out, you know, just because they're like, well, we're not really using you very well. Um, we don't see as big of an upside to you as apparently everyone else does, whatever. But Charlotte's not getting let out of her contract anytime soon, period. So she's going to, she's going to either sit at home. Or or wrestle for WWE. She's gonna fan the flames for a while, and then she's gonna go back to work, and everything's gonna be normal again for them. And look, so. going back to the part where you're like, uh, "Oh, I'm sorry, I just forgot." Okay, there you go. Going back to the part where you had mentioned uh, you had read a dirt sheet in regards to her wanting to drop the uh, the title to Belair on Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, thus, I don't honestly. I uh, think that might have been uh, a legitimate report just because of what happened based on SmackDown. Uh, with Bel Air, this made Bel Air look, uh, or Banks. It was Banks? It was, it was Banks, Banks or, that came out. It was Banks that came yeah. out. Oh, okay, Bel-, Bel Air didn't show up. And Invalid. So Invalid. This, okay. this would have been, yeah. Okay. You know. Um, but again, like I said, is I, I put, I put a ton of blame on charlotte i'm 100 down with you on this um i'm just saying that there also and, needs to be a a hefty chunk of that put at the feet of wwe booking 
Because- well, I mean, at the same time, but again, yes and no. Because at the same time, even if if I have an issue with someone at work and I have to work with them, I'm not going to be a grumpy little bitch and not do my work. No offense to anyone. I'm not calling anyone a bitch. I'm just calling me a grumpy little bitch. I'm not going to be a grumpy little bitch about, I'm going to do it and then be gone. And then guys, I would appreciate it if I didn't have to work with this individual anymore, Mm -hmm. uh, if at all Um, possible. See, and I'm going to go into this with a little experience of I've had to work with someone for a long period of time that I did not get along with at all. Right. Um, And I get along with almost everybody. But the, but there's there was one person that I just couldn't fucking stand. I just could not stand him at all. And I had to continue working with him. But here's the deal is, after a while, there gets to be this little one-upsmanship that goes on where, yeah. where the one side does something just to needle the other side. And then the other side does something just to needle the one guy again. Right? And that's really all this was. I mean... Here's here. Let's let's strip this down to the basics here. What did Charlotte do? Because script wise, the only thing she did off script was threw the title down instead of handing it to Becky. That's it. Right. Everything else on that segment went according to script from Charlotte's side. Now, Becky retaliated and tossed the belt at Charlotte, right? So that shows that that there was retaliation on on both sides, right? And then backstage the the, the attitudes went all off and everything. But in terms of the actual segment, the only thing Charlotte did that was off script as far as everything reporting was was instead of handing you don't have the, the script belt or anything, do we? No, no like but all the reports the all the reports say that that she was supposed to hand the belt to Becky and instead of handling, handing it, she held it up in the air and she tossed it at Becky's feet. Right. Instead she of didn't handing toss it. it at Becky's feet. She well, tossed it ground. to her back. Whatever on the ground. Anyways, my point in is, back of her, uh, it wasn't at Becky. It you don't watch SmackDown, okay. sir. I don't I'm watch sure SmackDown. I, I agree. But, but in the end, <laughs> again, my point still being all she did that was off script was instead of handing it, she dropped it, and as someone who had a had a, a coworker, it doesn't in matter. Back of her, that's do- no, that's retaliation, still, though. I, again, it still doesn't matter because I'm still pointing out is all she did was this one minor thing off script, and everything else in that segment. In fact, she was the one who got the segment back on track to lead to Sasha Banks's uh, entrance. Right, she was the one who grabbed the mic. And set up Sasha's because I did watch this part, right? Mm. To set up Sasha's entrance, right? And that's that's entirely her putting it back on script after it got off script. But right. in the end, in the end, I can tell you for a fact that um, a coworker of mine uh, would do little things to try to sabotage me. Um, right. And so you say, you say, as a worker, you just do your job and all of this stuff. But after a certain amount of time, there becomes this little, I'm going to try to sabotage that person. And then that person might try to sabotage back. And you can try to be above it all you want. But eventually you can feel like you've been. Now, I am not giving 
Charlotte any sort of free pass. I want to be on the QR. I want to be. I'm just saying that there is more than one blame to this because here's the deal. Absolutely. Okay. Here's the deal with with uh, uh, my like my situation. My bosses knew that I didn't get along with this person. I went to them and said, I don't get along with this person. Can you put me in a different location so I don't have to deal with them? And my bosses said, you just need to learn to, to be professional and all this stuff. And things continued to get worse. And that's what happened here. It's if the truth is that they haven't gotten along for a long time, then WWE needs to know. Management needs to know, hey, let's limit their interactions as much as we can because we know that they don't get along and they're going to try to do things to make the other person look bad, right? Um, right. So that, that's why I say WWE booking needs a uh, helping of the blame on them because they booked themselves into this knowing full well that Becky and, and Charlotte did not get along. Charlotte is not blameless in this. Charlotte deserves a huge heap of the blame on this because like you said, she should have been professional and just d- done the job. Right. All right. Um, I fully agree with that. I'm just saying that depending on uh, with all the reports going backstage that this has been going on for years, there's a point where, you know, a little bit of frustration comes. And that's all it really was, was it, she had a little bit of frustration. And so instead of handing it to her, she went off script to get, uh, and threw it on the ground, right? And then, and then Becky retaliated and threw the belt at Charlotte right. instead of handing it to Charlotte. So in this case, Becky deserves a little bit of the blame too. Because for not being professional. Yeah. For not being professional back too. Um, it's it's an old rule in football, right? In professional football, uh, the person who retaliates almost always gets the foul, right? Mm-hmm. You're you, a wide receiver and a and a cornerback can be out there and they could be pushing each other all they want, but uh, but it's when the re- wide receiver turns around and decks the the cornerback, suddenly the wide receiver gets ejected. Doesn't matter what the cornerback was doing all game. Because you're the one who retaliated, you get the blame. And this right. is where some of the blame needs to go on Becky as well, right? And this isn't even talking about the needling backstage and the not getting along backstage and all that. Now, here's what it comes down to. Here's another thing that it plays into. With my experience here, talking about not getting along with a coworker, uh, WWE management really should have been sorting this out a long time ago. If two oh, of their sure. top stars do not get along, <laughs> WWE management needs to figure out how to get them to get along or put in plan, put in place a plan to to make sure that they don't have to interact. And that's where they failed, right? right. I mean, here's the deal. They've, they've kept them on opposite you know, brands, brands. For, for a long time now. So just keep them if if you know they don't get along, keep them on opposite brands. Make sure they don't have to to interact as often as possible, and do that. I think that there really needs to be a sit down session between them and a mediator, right? Yeah, that this is where a professional atmosphere needs to be established. A mediator in between them with with actual mediation skills and okay, Becky, okay, Charlotte, let's talk about what's going on 
And you need to figure out how you can keep these people working professionally together. Because when it gets to this sort of a point, it's at a boiling point, right? Right. Uh, but so, again, I agree with you. Charlotte deserves this charge and deserves it. I'm just saying that there's plenty of this charge to go around. That, that right. WWE deserves some because they booked this thing. And WWE deserves uh, a charge just for booking a stupid handoff in the first place. <laughs> uh, because it's right. fucking dumb. Right. Yeah, there's sure. no there's no other sport in the world that the champions just hand the belts to each other for whatever reason or you know the Super Bowl doesn't go on and and the the winner of last year's Super Bowl doesn't come out and hand the trophy to the new winner, right? It doesn't work that way. Right. There, there's no switch off. The AFC champion and the NFC champion don't uh don't meet and hand each other titles or anything it doesn't happen you don't ever see a boxing champion hand the belt to another champion without having lost a match right right, right. um you lose a fight you might hand the belt to the other person i get that that's a respect thing uh right but but in no other situation does this happen period so why book it to happen here it's ludicrous in the first place it makes no fucking sense from a storyline standpoint so they deserve a charge for that. But in terms of the unprofessional charge, like I say, we we take this 10-pound bag of blame and we put 9.7 pounds of it at Charlotte's feet. And then we take that other 0.3 pounds and we sprinkle a bunch of it at WWE's feet and a bunch of it at Becky's feet right. and a, a bunch of it at Creative's feet and a bunch mm -hmm. of it just at everyone's feet. You know, um, throw some up in the air because I think a lot of people can uh, have to lose <coughs> a little bit of that. But... Oh. Well, yeah, and I mean, um, the fact that apparently Vince is angry that she didn't go see Vince mm -hmm. on top of that as well, because uh, she was at gorilla position and then she just bounced. I mean, I don't get why that was necessarily such a big thing. It's your last segment. You can just yeah. run after it. It's, for that, it's entirely based on tradition. The tradition is once you get done with your segment, you check in with gorilla position. You seek mm. feedback. How did that go? You know, how can I mean it's 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 the tradition of trying to improve. How did that go? Any do you have any feedback to tell me, you know, for next time if I have to do something like that again? Um, it's kind of like um there there are a lot of jobs where when you're done with your job or done with your assigned task, you have to check in with the boss. Right. Say, okay, I'm done with supervisor. my assigned task. Um, can I go home? And then right. the supervisor will say, okay, yeah, you can go. And that's really what it came down to is that she left without checking in with the boss. And again, um, especially with this, like if, if the segment had gone perfect and she stormed out and didn't stop at, at gorilla position, um, I don't think, I don't think Vince would have been mad. Because the right. segment went fine, but the segment didn't go fine. Vince had feedback, and she, mm. knowing full well that Vince had feedback... She just didn't want to hear it. And didn't want to hear it, exactly. She bounced through, and that's why Vince was angry. Right. Is that he had feedback. He was going to... Probably was going to say, what the fuck was that, Charlotte? And <laughs> uh, she just bounced through. And that's what makes, you know, if there's one thing that makes a boss even angrier, 
It's you not giving them the chance to be the boss. Right. Right. He had a goal. He had a plan. He he probably had already thought of all the stuff he was going to say to her when she got back there. And then she just bounced through. And that just made him even angry. And then he stews in it all weekend. And then he sees her post pictures with an AEW hat on. And he's going <laughs> to stew in it even more. Yeah. She's not making her life easier in the long run. We'll say no, that. Definitely she's gonna, not. She's going to show up for the next segment that she's assigned to which will be likely smackdown this week although um, maybe not you know she might not be uh i mean they might let her sit at home for a week to cool off they've also got some super shows uh that she might have been scheduled for but again they might just say listen cool your jets man sit at home yeah. for a while yeah okay. That's it. And look, I, I I also would like to mention it's also at the same time no excuse. I would like to mention I understand you know perhaps uh, uh, the pressure Charlotte has maybe put on herself or maybe the company has put on her the last year, year and a half, two years. Um, you know maybe that is getting to her. Again, it's no excuse. But I, if if it is Charlotte, you gotta talk to someone. I mean, yeah. Becky just came from freaking Saudi Arabia, though, yeah. uh, and her maybe losing a temper with you might have been a bit understandable. I don't think the girl mm-hmm. got sleep. Yeah, you know, like I mean, she if she's a seasoned traveler like they are, she probably slept on the plane. But hopefully. but again, sleeping on the plane is not as restful as sleeping in real in life, a bed. You know, yeah, that's I get it. All right, I mean. Unless some of these planes flying from from Saudi Arabia and everything, they have full on beds in them. But it's still you're in a plane that jiggles around and <laughs> all of this stuff, and you're That's you're it. not in uh, a, a room. Even when you have a bed, it's not really a full room. It's just a little enclosure, a cubicle sort of thing. Anyways, mm-hmm. and it's neither here nor there. Um, right. it, in the end, I there's there's i'm just trying to look at it at all sides you know what i mean i'm just trying to i don't want the thing that i will put into this is there there's a song that i'm a big fan of and it's a really old song it's it's uh, a song that goes back to uh when my parents were early married um and uh it's it's by a singer named roger miller uh long story short i'm just gonna uh uh, skip through a few things without Roger Miller. I probably wouldn't be here because my parents met while standing in line to get tickets to a Roger Miller concert. Oh, um, so, so that's how Roger, Miller. but he's got a song about uh, uh, husbands and wives. Um, and one of the, <laughs> the lines in it, I think is fitting towards this sort of a situation. And it's it's my belief pride is the chief cause in the decline in the number of husbands and wives. Um, basically saying that pride is what causes most arguments and yeah. most relationships to fall apart. Absolutely. And this is an example of that. Because, again, one of the things that it comes into this is uh, this re- repeating refrain. Charlotte didn't want to look weak. Why? Why? What does it matter if you look weak in one handoff segment, right? Right. What does it matter if you look weak at all? You're supposed to be the heel. You're supposed to be the heel. I mean, Becky 100% at least understands 
that as the heel, she can look weak as long as she looks weak and cheats to win. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so why does Charlotte always have to look so strong? Mm. That's a pride thing. That's not sure. a... And that's something she didn't earn, learn from her dad. Her dad had no problem looking weak. Right? right. In fact, looking weak was half of Ric Flair's act. Career. Right. Yeah. His act in on the thing, he'd come out and be a cocky son of a bitch. And then in the match, he would look weak. He'd bleed like a stuck pig. They'd throw him into the corner and do that little flip thing over the top. And then they'd clothesline him and he'd fall to the ground. Right. You know? And you'd think, how was he going to win? And then somehow or another, he'd pull out the victory. Usually by <clears throat> the figure four. Oh, I forgot. One of the biggest things that uh, Ric Flair always did to make him look weak. The flying nothing. Almost every match, he would go to the corner. He'd climb up to the top top turnbuckle like he's going to jump off and do something. And almost every time, a guy, the opponent would get up and come over there and grab him and throw him onto his ass. And he did that all the time. Like, I don't know if he ever landed <laughs> that, that as an actual attack because they always caught him and threw him onto his ass because he knew he can look weak as long as he wins by heel tactics, right? Right. And that's where I think Charlotte's pride gets in the way. Where did she learn this from, though? I I don't... Here's the thing with pride. Pride can supersede all learned behavior, right? Right. Pride can make you do things that aren't the way you learned to do them. Because mm. you're proud. And I think right. that's part of the problem here. Is that she she got to be so proud that she's the queen... And she's, you know, she she started to buy into her own hype, right? right? She gets hyped up in every show as the best woman's wrestler on the planet. And so she buys into it. And now in her head, she's the best woman's wrestler on the planet. And, well, I can't look weak as the best woman's wrestler on the planet. Your dad is literally considered the goat by a lot of people. And he looked weak all the time. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's, why? that's why I... And you've you've grown up with Becky as much as you hate her. I there, there's definitely something there. there. There's something she lets something succumb to her uh, to give her this inflated ego, this this unbountable pride that she doesn't want to let go of. But like, I don't know, man. You see these people every week. I see these WWE documentaries. Everyone's so friendly to each other, and da da da, and all this and all that. And I, and then I hear this Charlotte. Charlotte isolates herself in the locker room. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but I mean, if she's had this this ego trip for quite some time, it it very well could be. You know, who wants to deal? With uh, an egomaniac that isn't yeah. Vince McMahon because well, he pays your checks. Yeah, bills. the thing that I will always say is, I I do not believe that WWE's locker room has been as friendly to each other as they like to play it off as. Um, just because we we've already, in, you know, in this age of dark side of the ring, we've heard enough of the stories that have come out about things that have happened backstage in WWE and um, how many of them have to do with the old school wrestlers, the old guard um, 
forcing the old guard ways on, you know? Mm-hmm. Things like uh, uh, Undertaker, you know, hazing new recruits. Uh, things like uh, The Miz getting kicked out of the locker room because he didn't follow the rules well enough. And mm. so he had to he had to change his clothes in the regular public restroom where the audience was was uh, you know using and and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all old school things that create a toxic work environment. And these are things right. that that I I don't hear stories like this coming out of out of other promotions. We don't hear stories like right. this coming out of Impact Wrestling. We don't hear stories of this coming out of AEW, right? Right. Um, and I and I think a lot of it has to do with old guard wrestling versus new guard wrestling, you know. Um, and and some of it has to do with with uh, I, I'll say transparency. I'll use that phrase, right? Mm. There's a lot of transparency in AEW. I'll use them as an example. People like to to call me an AEW mark. Sure, fine. I'm an yeah, AEW I mark, mean, right? You are. The shoe fits, right? But the shoe fits very well. Yeah, but here's the deal, right? <laughs> how how do I know that, or how do I feel like I know that AEW gets along better backstage? There's fucking footage of it, right? Ethan Page puts out a weekly vlog. Mm. Sammy Guevara puts out a weekly vlog. The Bunny right. puts out a weekly vlog. Evil Uno puts out a weekly vlog. Thunder wow, you gotta Rosa get me all these. Of, you gotta link me to all these uh, weekly uh, blogs. Weekly Jesus. blogs. Uh, she just crazy. came back. She was off for a while. Um, um, who else does a weekly vlog? Um, there's more. There's right? a bunch. Yeah. Fucking oh, uh, BTE does a weekly vlog. Right. Although theirs has some sketches and all of this stuff. I'm not saying there aren't some people who don't get along. I mean, reports have it that the the elite, uh, as in Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and and um. Omega, uh, Kenny Omega don't all get along as well anymore, and by process of elimination, because the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are currently as a team and hanging out a lot and and appearing, we we know that those the split really comes with Cody Rhodes and the rest of them. We we know that right. that's that there's something going on there, um, and they're not getting along as good as they used to, but. There also has is no reports that they're not getting along. They're just not best friends anymore. They moved in different directions. And I think all of us have have memories of a friendship that isn't as close as it used to be. Right, right for sure. It's high school days, yeah. got along yeah. with a bunch of people, your best mm-hmm. friends, your ride or dies, yeah. grow <laughs> up. You lose yep. them during college. I'm sorry, yep. I'm moving. You lose them during college, and then you know you never see them again. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's, or college it's friends who you get you yeah. ride or die, your your college roommates or or fraternity brothers or whatever. And then uh you grow up and you get married. Is and this they enough get light? married. No, it's not. Uh um, flight, you think? Hold on. Uh ah, uh, Jesus. No. Eh, it's not too bad. Whatever. Too bad. Um, but so it <laughs> happens. And so so we, I mean, we we know that there are some people who aren't getting along as well, but it doesn't it doesn't look like they've moved to enemies. It just looks like they've moved on with their lives, right? They're just right. going in different directions and everything's whatever hunky no, I'm still here. I'm just off camera. Yep. Um, and so so we know that that happens sometimes. Right. 
For sure. But WWE, we don't have that transparency on it because they don't allow these backstage vlogs. They don't allow their their people to do this, their talent to have the vlogs or the Twitch channels. I mean, you know, uh, it's really hard to... to uh, hide that you don't get along with someone when you've got four-hour Twitch streams three nights a week, you know, uh, right. like like an Adam Cole does or or um, uh, Malachi Black does because he took over his wife's when she went back. Um, oh, snap. Oh, so he's using, like, her username? Uh, yeah, it's just her channel. He's just running it now, apparently. Hmm. Um, but but in the end, like I said, or these 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 vlogs and yes i mean they're edited i get it we're not seeing the full thing but in the end um what we see on this is ethan page backstage and he's hanging out with with uh the people that he's supposed to be enemies with on screen but he's laughing and he's having fun and and all of this stuff then we see sammy and his crew and they're laughing and having fun and both of them have bunnies show up on on their vlogs or evil uno show up on their vlogs Mm. You know, and it just goes, it's this big circle where we we know that so many of them get along. And, and Aubrey Edwards shows up on all of them and everyone seems to love her. And so we've got this transparency that we don't get with WWE. Because WWE right. has been so old school concerned with protecting the business and all of this stuff that I think it, I think it creates kind of a toxic environment at times. Uh, because of this, you know, this whole secretiveness. Um, but I mean, it's not necessarily that secretive, right? Dirt sheets get it. Get the stuff. dirt sheets get some of it out, out, but I'm sure there's a lot of it that takes that forever know. to come. I mean, that's why so much nasty shit came out in the dark side of the ring, you know, train uh, plane ride from hell episode. Uh, right. So much nasty shit came out in the Chris Canyon episode, you know. The right. the story of Ric Flair calling into the the um, interview the radio show where Canyon was on and and telling him he'd never be a top guy anywhere all of this stuff, uh, you know uh, Ric Flair has on statement said I was being I, I was being a company guy I was told that you're not with the company I need to make you look bad and that's what I did right, right? um. And and the you know I mean this is this is kind of a toxic environment in some ways, um, you know and and you just look at the people who who were in that environment and then leave to go elsewhere and you look at how much happier they look elsewhere right Ruby Soho, mm. uh she's she's beaming every time you see her on AEW even when she loses you know or gets beat up in the ring and takes a. Uh, brass knucks to the face, you know. Right. Um, she was on the Ethan Page vlog this week, just just having a ball, right? And I, yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's a new kid on the block. She's new on this, and everyone enjoys their job in the first couple weeks before. You right. know, I get it, right? <laughs> um, but it, it's just this thing, like they they all seem to get along, and I think uh, I think a lot of it goes back to because Tony Khan is not an old school wrestling booker. He doesn't feel so tied to these old school wrestling, you know, booker things, right? He doesn't he doesn't run the locker room in the old school way, uh, you know, where the the 
He treats uh, them like adults, like he guys treats them like adults, are... and and you know, and says, "Hey, listen, uh, you know, we need to we need to work stuff out. If we're not getting along, then let's figure things out." And and so, anyways, mm. um, and so I think WWE kind of breeds some of this, but at the in the end of the day, there's a lot of this blame to go around. We'll sprinkle it heavily on everyone, but the lump sum of that still goes on Charlotte's, right? Right. So we'll go ahead and move on from that crime that we spent almost an hour talking about wow. um, and move on to my crime, which uh, we might spend another hour talking about. Please. God <laughs> know, but, um, so my crime um, is going to be interesting because I just spent some time uh, extolling the virtues of AEW. And, and it, this is going to be one of those mixed bag ones because it is against AEW. And there are parts of it that are positive and parts of it that are negative and parts of it that are wait and see it mm. um, because we don't know yet on it. But so um, and and part of it is on WWE, right? We'll we'll talk. We'll start off with the WWE since we're already start, uh, talking about this WWE recently at at the finale of Crown Jewel um, had the finale of their Queen's Crown tournament. Right. Right. Um. Still shocked. Zelina Vega, first queen. Yeah. Did uh, did given and did Saudi we, Arabia. Yeah. Did we really did we really think uh they were gonna have Dewdrop win? That Vince McMahon was gonna have Dewdrop be his premiere. I I did. Not in Saudi Arabia, but yeah. I thought. If it was anywhere else, dude, he likes Vince likes his big, bigger woman, though, in that regard. You know what I mean? He can she can then turn heel. That would be a way to turn her heel. She would yeah. then become a he, monster. The next Nia yeah. Jax first. He he likes Ross. he likes his bigger women. Let's 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 uh, examine that a bit. Um, how many times was uh, China women's champion? The, the answer is. Women's champion? I don't believe she was ever women's. She was European champion. I, no, maybe no, she was women's she, champion. But she definitely. How, but well, we'll, the Divas, we'll, do you count the Divas championship? I don't know. Well, well we're going to move on though. <laughs> we're going to say how many times has <laughs> Nia Jax been women's champion? Never, never, uh, never. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Um, okay. not once. How, how many times was Karma women's champion? That's kind of unfair because she wasn't really around for very long, but I'm going to just skip to it and say zero times. Uh, Vince likes having... But she was Impact in AEWs. She was Impact, yeah. She, she, um, but that's the... Vince likes having the, the big women around to be the powerhouses, but he doesn't like pushing them. Mm. He, he, they're, they're the big muscle that comes out and does big things, but never wins the belts, right? Um, and, and so that's why I really didn't expect Dewdrop to win this because in the end, in Vince McMahon's mind, the women's championship is still a pretty person's championship and Vince doesn't see, and I'm not saying Dewdrop isn't a pretty, I'm not saying Nia Jax isn't pretty. In fact, in fact, Nia Jax can be absolutely stunning at times, <laughs> right. right? Um, and Dewdrop is very pretty, but they're both also larger women's. And right. Vince sees that as as a um, as something to be used, but not promoted. Right. 
So right. I knew I knew as soon as Dewdrop was in the finals that Zelina was going to win. So I wasn't shocked at that. But okay. um, and there was a report that came out that sort of explained some of this. But my crime for WWE in this, and this is going to be multi crimes in this, so, so mm. we'll get in. My crime to WWE in this is we talked about it on the previous one, um, or a previous one. Um, the the only match in the entire tournament that went over three minutes was the finals match. And it went five minutes and 50 seconds. Right. The total time for all of the, in, the entirety of the Queen's Crown tournament, that means uh, two first round matches for each brand. So four total, right? Two semifinals, putting us at six, and then a finals, putting us at seven. Seven matches was 19 minutes and 24 seconds. Wow. Right. That's low. 19 minutes and 24 seconds for seven matches, right? The um, I'm trying to find, I, I want to say the average for it was, well, uh, 19 divided by seven, I don't know, like three minutes and three and a half minutes, something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I could do the math, but I, I don't really want it, right? Um, <laughs> but so, um, so the crime, I, he, the reason I it's funny, I say I, I could do the math, but I don't really want it's because I've done other math in this, right? Okay, um, th that's worth talking. The men's side of the King of the Ring tournament, right? Which you can debate back and forth, did the men's side have more talent? I I mean maybe I mean maybe. if only because on the women's side there wasn't Charlotte there's Blair, no Bailey there there's no Oscar Bailey, there's there no Charlotte Oscar, there's no there Becky no, yeah Becky there's no uh, Sasha Banks you know there's no one from NXT yeah they didn't bring up any of the NXT people there there they didn't even use uh, Shotzi or Tegan Knox in it who are on the main <laughs> roster, roster right um, and instead we got Dana Brooke and Natalia who really i mean let's be honest i wouldn't have put them in my queen's crown tournament <laughs> right right um i may have put zelina vega in i would have probably put tony storm in it i would have probably put Liv morgan in it carmella i can see why i don't know if she would have been in it um shana would have been in it but there there would have been other people i mean there we've talked before wwe has probably the most stacked women's roster in the wrestling business right as a whole right. um and yet a lot of them weren't used in this right mm -hmm. um but the entirety of the men's side right so the same number of matches seven matches two first round per brand a semi-final per brand and then the final the total for those seven matches 69 minutes and 55 seconds Wow. So um, for the record, that means they could have done three full Queen's Crown tournaments in the same amount of time and still had about seven and a half minutes left over Damn. to sit around, right? Um, and that's just ludicrous. When you're pitching this to be, you know, uh, the first time ever women's King of the Ring sort of tournament, and we're, we're all about you know, promoting the women and we started the women's revolution and yada, 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 yada. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
to then do this. Now, the report has come out that the reason they kept the preliminary rounds short was because the final was going to be short in Saudi Arabia, and they didn't want any of the preliminary matches to be longer than the final. And I get that. But why the fuck was this final supposed to be so short? That's a booking decision that you had to make. Was that a Saudi Arabia thing where the, the king of Saudi Arabia said, said, no, you can't have the women wrestle for more than six minutes? And if that okay. is the case, then think to yourself, do we really need to do this, right? Can we instead have a, a women's exhibition match that goes six minutes and then do the finals for the Queen's Crown in America where we can have the match be as long as we want it to be, right? Right. Uh, but instead, they made sure that it happened there. And, and so in the end, I don't give them an out for this because they still had control over this. And yeah, if the final match was going to be... I, I wouldn't be having this problem if we had had six or seven six-minute long matches, right? Right. If If all of the matches had been six minutes long... I'd be like, okay, fine. We're we're looking at a, a solid 40 minutes of total matches here. Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't have been that drastically offset. But the fact that they, I mean, one of the matches wasn't even a full minute and a half long. <laughs> Another one was just barely a minute and a half long. The only one that broke three minutes was the finals match. Right? All right. I mean, it's just ludicrous, right? So here's where we swing over to the AEW side. And I I throw a little bit of... I, this is, like I said, some of it's going to be positive, some of it's going to be negative, and some of it's going to be a wait and see. Um, AEW had a chance to kind of put their foot on the neck of WWE because they had previously announced that there was going to be the Women's Championship Tournament, right? For the TBS title, Right. Um, prior to the finals of, of this, but they hadn't announced the brackets yet. Um, they did announce that the final for that is going to be on January 5th at their first show on TBS, right? Right. Which is important to note, 22 shows away, not counting full gear, but 22 rampages and dynamites away from this friday or last friday i should say right right before they announce so the, the brackets were going to be announced on friday starting with saturday's dynamite and going on there were going to be 22 total televised shows before the final right damn okay um now the reason that's important is the aew women's roster is 23 people so they had a shot here to do a phenomenal roster-wide TBS title tournament. And right. yes, here, here's the deal. Let, let's, let's take a step back and say, okay, yeah, 20, 23 women. Well, you've got Britt Baker there, so that puts you down to 22 women. Let, let's say there are uh, six other women that are um, in the main event that puts you down to 16 total women, right? Right. Um, but you still could do a tournament with 16 people in it. And They only did eight, right? 
Um, 12, I believe. 12. Okay. Yeah, because four got first round buys. Um, but, uh, okay. but that still means that there were at least four women that didn't get into this tournament for some reason whatsoever. Um, and I don't know why. But this also means that this tournament doesn't have any surprise entrance, which I think this was a chance to bring in or or even take one of these um, wrestlers that's new and put them as, a, as an entrant, like Sky Blue, right? Mm. She's new. She hasn't wrestled a lot, but she's kind of an up-and-comer. Put her as one of the first rounds. Let her have a good match and go out in the first round and still be good. Right. Um, this this has a chance. I mean, I'm going to point out Riho is not in this. Um, uh, Emi Sakura is not in this. Yuka Sakazaki is not in this. Abaddon's not in this. You know, they, there's still room for some people in this tournament that they didn't use. And then again, there's there's all sorts of room for them to have some <laughs> some free agents. Like, give Laney Luck a a run in this tournament, right? Even just one match, you know, fine, great. Um, uh, use your partnership with a with Impact Wrestling, although that might be over. We'll talk about that later. Um, <clears throat> use your partnership with Impact Wrestling. Give Jordan Grace a first round entrance in it, or Diana Perrazzo, or <clears throat> fucking um, uh, Rosemary. You know, someone a first round entrance just have in fact a rosemary versus abaddon match in the first round Fire. even even <laughs> if rosemary loses and goes back to impact and, and all that stuff it would have been a fun match in the first round right so right uh but in the end they they did like i said 12 total they gave four people first round buys and then four first round matches so there's going to be four first round four second round two semifinals and then a final, um, which still, I mean, that that fills a lot of weeks, but it doesn't fill all 22. of those weeks, right? It doesn't fill the 22 weeks, exactly. And that's where they kind of dropped the ball here. So I give them a, a small crime for this because they had a chance to really make this tournament something, right? To make this tournament like a brand-encompassing tournament that would have huge matches and then you know introduce people to to some great new talent some talent that has not been seen on dynamite right sky right. blue wrestled once on dynamite uh in a losing match to fucking jade cargill i want to say it was in like minute <laughs> okay. something like that and and she deserves a, a shot to show off a little bit more of herself before losing. I'm not saying she wins. I mean, in the end, one of these 12 people on this was going to win one way or another, most likely. Right. I, I, and we can talk and we can even fantasy book this tournament and see if we can choose, choose who's the eventual winner. But in the end, they had a chance to make this a huge thing, and they kind of dropped the ball on this. So I give them, give them a, a crap for that. But... And here's where there's the wait and see part on this. Number one, it's still more matches than the Queen's Crown Tournament. Yep. Queen's Crown Tournament had seven total matches. This one is going to be uh, eight, 10, 11 matches, right? So that's four more matches, right? Um, so it's still more, right? 
but it's not but as they much. have more people no wasn't the smackdown one eight uh like in terms of roster size like tournament uh tournament no uh 16 the, the the wwe one yeah uh, it only had two first rounds for each side so four first rounds two semifinals and a final so seven total total matches Oh, okay. And this one is going to have eleven total matches, right? Snap. Um, but and and I would argue that as and I can go through and count, but as a whole, I would say that AEW, uh, that that WWE has more total women. That does include NXT, though, which you know it's kind of a shame that they've put NXT back as the as the redheaded stepchilds and are are forgetting about them for these tournaments, but that's another thing altogether, right? So in, in the end, they're still only going to have 11 matches, which which now means we're probably only going to get one on television per week, right? All right. Um, because with 22 total televised shows, before that, they can't do two a week because then they'll run through this tournament and then they'll have you know four weeks where they're like, um, we're just waiting for the, the fifth. Well, I so, mean, you could do a promo. You can build up the hype for the final. You could. And so I'm not saying that they won't do that at some point. But at the same point, they're not going to have the tournament done, you know, in four weeks and then spend two no. months saying, you know. It's well, I mean, it would be so 11 matches. So once a week, once a week that's would... 11, uh, 11 shows. Uh, yeah, I that guess puts that them right there. Like I said, 22 total that's, shows that's before perfect. then. So yeah, one a week would put it right there. But that means either on Rampage or Dynamite, but not on both, which is right. a... Uh, Unless you do twice, you do it once or twice where you have two matches in the week and then you build a little promo time. Yeah, and and they might, <laughs> but tournaments like this typically aren't built about round promos. So anyway. Yeah, but AEW's woman roster needs it. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, and here's the deal. This tournament could set up some future feuds. Um, and, and there definitely will be some fun matches out of it. So, so we're going to talk a little bit about the tournament, uh, on here. Uh, the first round, the first match, um, that already has happened, Ruby Soho versus Penelope Ford. Ooh, yeah. That's based off a feud that's been going on between them. Uh, Penelope Ford and the bunny have been using brass knuckles. They knocked Ruby Soho out with the brass knuckles last week. They, uh, it was a match bunny versus Ruby Soho. Um, they used them last week, this week, Penelope Ford versus Ruby Soho in the first round. Ruby Soho won, uh, by preventing them from using the brass knuck. So she moves on to the second round, right? But the three other matches that have not taken place yet, one of them has already been confirmed to be on dynamite this week, and that's Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida in a rematch of their match from last week. Um, that should be fun. Which should be another fun one. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I don't know how, how this goes, right? Is it time for Hikaru Shida to get her, her victory back? Or is this going to be another Serena Deeb winning as a heel to drive Hikaru Shida even more angry? I, I feel like uh, Serena, I feel like they're high on Serena Deeb. But we've, I've been hearing a lot more about her the last I, few weeks. Uh, she's definitely getting a lot more TV time. She's a great wrestler. Yeah. Uh, I think they're high on her, but I, I also think they're they're using her to build Hikaru Shida up. 
and to build Hikaru Shida a new character, a darker character. So she's not just the... Which is why she loses. Which is why she might lose. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it could go either way. Uh, but the winner of that, uh, the winner of the Ruby Soho versus Penelope Ford, Ruby Soho, goes on to the second round against Chris Statlander. Winner of Hikaru Shida versus Serena wow. Deeb will go on to face Nyla Rose, which also throws a, a question into this because which is the match that that could further a feud more? Serena Deeb versus Nyla Rose or Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose? Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose, uh, but Serena Deeb comes out and costs her the match. Nyla Rose goes on. That could drive a storyline. Um, inversely, Nyla Rose versus Serena Deeb, but Hikaru Shida comes out and attacks Serena Deeb in the match and uh, helps Nyla win. I guess maybe mm -hmm. does something. Oh. Next first round one, uh, The Bunny versus Red Velvet. Really could kind of go either way. Yeah, They've been using the bunny more. Penelope Ford could help her win. The Brass Nucks could come into play. Red Velvet. But Red Velvet, uh, who had the winner of this, goes off to face Jade Cargill. And who has been <laughs> Red Velvet's main feud? Jade Cargill. Cargill, right. right. Um, so that could go either way. Anna Jay versus Jamie Hayter is the final first round match. Winner goes on to face Thunder Rosa. Right. <clears throat> this one... This one might be the easiest one to book, in my opinion. And that's simply this. Jamie Hayter is part of Britt Baker's crew. Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker have a long history. So this is the one where Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa, I think, makes the most sense. Maybe. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But in the end, like I said, I wish they'd done, done more matches. I wish they'd done more total women and i wish i mean this this is a chance they could have had for a surprise entrance that that would have been shocking um more i mean look they they could someone could get injured and they need a replacement it still I could mean, happen could, there could know. be a storyline injury red velvet can't fight so so she calls her friend i don't know so and so kylie smiley it will not be i really want to see her back yeah, so um, she was so good, but I I hate to break it to you. It will definitely not be her, considering she uh, tweeted out today that she's canceling all booking uh, for the near Again? future. Because, oh. she, because she is going into rehab. Oh, okay. I mean, um, then all the best to her for sure. Yes. Um, she's phenomenal talent. I hope she gets all the help she yeah. needs. And this is so. her... Final vindication. Yeah. So the long story on it, her her big tweet basically says she's been dealing with mental issues for a long time. It's what it's what caused a lot of her previous things. Uh, she has up and up until recently been trying to self medicate them with oh. with alcohol and marijuana, and it's it has not been helping, and it made things worse. And so now it's time for her to get treatment, and so rehab for the alcoholism and. Uh, Mental oh, health. like she has a full blown. Well, alcohol. when you when you're self medicating with alcohol, it can easily lead to an addiction. Lead to an addiction. So anyway, so yeah, be best wishes for her. Hopefully, everything yeah. gets figured out because she's phenomenal. And yeah. I, I mean, I don't care if it's New Japan or NW, uh, NWA or 
Impact or or AEW. I, I well, at this point, wherever me. she's happy, yeah, wherever she's happy <coughs> with, whatever yeah. gives her the least stress. Uh, but anyway, do your rehab thing, and then yeah, yeah. But th- th- there are lots of of people that it could potentially be. Yes, um, but but in the end, you know, I I just think this if this first round had been two more matches or three or four more matches just to set some things up. I I think it, it would have been a lot of fun because like I say, I mean, there's, there's big swole isn't in it. All right. I said, Emmy Sakura is not in it. Uh, Kira Hogan's not in it. Leva Bates isn't in it. Layla Hirsch isn't in it. Um, yeah, they step up. Rebel's not in it. Riho's not in it. Uh, oh, does Rebel really need to be in Has she wrestled yet? Yeah, she's wrestled a few times. However, the few times she's wrestled um, in AEW, it's been kind of joke wrestling because it's been like Britt Baker throws her to the wolves and has her wrestle in her place sort okay. of thing. But not like um, legitimate wrestling. But, okay. but yeah, Ty Conti's not in it. Yuka Sakazaki's not in it. You know, and then again, there's opening for like these Red Velvets or, or Lainey Lux or whoever, you know, give, give some independent wrestler a chance to to come up and and i basically use it as a tryout i mean you're using independent wrestlers on your shows on aw dark uh layla rush rio music uh, layla her excuse me rio mizunami wrestled on the aw dark elevation that recorded today right mm-hmm. emmy sakura and reika tahaka wrestled today um right. you know uh you know that there's a chance for Lulu Pencil, who comes out with Emi Sakura. I I had never seen a Lulu Pencil match before. I got to see one the other day as part of the Eve she's Riot good. Girls of Wrestling. Um, she's hilarious. She uh, is yeah. she her gimmick is kind of the opposite of Orange Cassidy. And I'll explain it this way: Orange Cassidy's gimmick is someone who really, really can wrestle but doesn't want to wrestle. Right, okay. and so he puts in the minimal effort. Lulu okay. Pencil's gimmick is someone who really, really wants to wrestle but can't okay. wrestle very good. Oh, um, but okay. so so she's always struggling to try to overcome her inadequacy, you know, and and puts in all of the work. Um, but it really isn't all that great. But here's the deal: is it takes a lot of work, and and you actually have to be a really good wrestle to wrestle poorly. Right, on purpose. It's weird when you say it like that, but I it, get what it you sounds mean. backwards. But it it really is tough because <clears throat> to wrestle poorly in a good way is really tough to do. Like there mm. are a lot of bad wrestlers who go out there and just wrestle bad, right? Right, and they can be bad, but to wrestle poorly in a good way is really tough to do. It's kind of like. When you when you're watching a TV show and and one of the actors has to sing badly, right? Mm-hmm. Most actors that are on TV or on Broadway can sing. Maybe right. they might not be the best singers, but they can sing, right? Right. <clears throat> to purposefully sing badly is actually really hard to do because you have to fight all the instincts in your brain to sing right. Um, you know, if you're just a bad singer, it's one thing, but if you're someone who already can sing and you're trying to sing poorly, it's really hard to do. 
It's the right. same thing with this. You can tell. I mean, she trained with Emi Sakura. She Good. obviously can wrestle, but her right. gimmick is that she can't. And hmm. watch a match with her where she she. What's her name again? Uh, Lulu Pencil. L U L U. Yep. Lulu. Lulu Pitts. She's yeah, hilarious, right? And so throw her in a first round match against you, you choose someone who's experienced um and yet also has a little like bit of fun. Pencil, so, P E N C I L? Yes, like pencil. Yeah. Uh, but you throw her in a first round match against Ruby Soho, right? Um where you have Ruby Soho uh the serious wrestler and then Lulu Pencil just kind of stumbling around the ring. It could be hilarious. Anyways. Um, so the thing I think you're also forgetting about, too, Jesus Christ. Uh, the thing you're also forgetting about, too, is WWE's not all that great with booking their women, I would say. Or they haven't been for the longest time. These matches look great on cards. That's that's why I said there's some of this that's to be to be continued, right? Yeah. Because I I can I here's the, I give them credit for having more matches. I give them credit um, for for doing this tournament with with a, a like. Here's the problem with the Queen's Crown tournament. It's like what's the long term goal of it, right? Well, you, I mean, you get to call yourself Queen so and so for a while. So now we're Queen gonna, Zelina. Queen Zelina is going to come out, and is really it good. is it is it going to have any long term effects? I I I take a moment to point out when Braun Strowman won the Greatest Royal Rumble and got a Greatest Royal Rumble belt, um, and then it was never mentioned again. Right. You know, in the end, this is going to have stakes. The winner of this is going to come out weekly. Wearing a TBS belt. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, though, even if you want to counter the men's King of the Ring, what does it really do for them? It the only people that it's really propelled was King Corbin. King Corbin made that work like it was nobody's mm -hmm. business. Uh, and uh, Austin, when he won. Mm -hmm. uh, because it gave him the attitude error. I don't but know. in reality, that was just the speech. Yeah, Ma Macho right? King. Macho, okay. Mm -hmm. That's fair, but okay. in, in the end, but no, I agree 100%. The King of the Ring tournament has basically no real stakes other than this. I get to call myself King for a while. And I mean, here's the deal is what, what the or King Booker, King Booker, yeah, too. King Booker, I guess. What the fuck's Nakamura going to do now that he can't be King Nakamura anymore? Because, you know, there's a new King of the Ring and it's not him. He's going to get boobs to get a new solo. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. Says I'm going after the. Queen's crown next year. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I can see them do that though, which yeah, is the sad part. Yeah. But so, 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 but, uh, but again, there, that's where you're, you're not wrong. There's still a wait and see on this because we don't know how this is going to go. However, I do want to point out that there's already at least some evidence that this is going to go better. And that is they've already had one round of this tournament. Ruby Soho versus Penelope Ford, which went eight minutes and 30 seconds long and was a great match. Right. It wasn't the best match in the world. I'm not saying that. Penelope no. Ford still has 
has some polishing to do. Ruby Soho, I think, is is great. I've mm-hmm. always said she's great, but mm-hmm. Adele before still needs a little bit of polish. But they gave it eight minutes and thirty seconds, which yo, know, I want to point out again. That was almost half the length of the entire Queen's Crown tournament. You know, uh, that was well over a third. That was like forty percent of the Queen's Crown tournament, right there. Wow. Um. So if they have two more matches of that length or near that length, they've already in this tournament outdone the Queen's Crown tournament in terms of match length, mm. right? So so there's at least some evidence to point that they're going in the right direction with it. But there's a wait and see on it, right? If yeah. next week we talk about it and their match this week, which is supposed to be Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. If this goes two minutes and 40 seconds or or even three minutes and 20 seconds or whatever, I'm going to have words about it because that's not the way we need to see it go. Right. You know, we need these matches to be competitive and we need them to go for a decent amount of time. I'm not saying we have 30 minute slobber knockers every week on them, although it would be fucking great. Um, but there's not but enough time, just, unfortunately, with everything that they're doing. There, there uh, isn't. But I, uh, you know, I've I've said before that it it would be nice if they would, even just once in a while, dedicate the majority of a rampage or the majority of a raw to the women's division, just every once in a while. Yeah, but well, it, I mean, it, you can afford to do that on the rampage, man. Full hour, I, just I I would have no problem with it, even just once in a while, even once mm-hmm. a month. This rampage is a full hour women's division. Great, let's do it. Um, but so so that's the wait and see on this is we don't know in the end how it's going to go, but we do have evidence as of right now that they're at least not gonna shortchange these matches on the regular. And so that's where there's there's a little wait and see on this, but there's a positive and a negative. I would love to have seen more matches. Uh, I would love to have seen uh, more contestants overall. Um, but in the end, as long as they give us six-minute matches, six-plus-minute matches on the regular, I'm probably going to be pretty happy on it in the long run. Right. Um, again, I would love to see. I would love to see them, them in the end, them average around that nine-minute mark as a whole. Um, you know, because I, I point out here, we're going to take take this out, and I'm just going to talk about the matches that took place on Dynamite, which aired yesterday for us. Well, what time is it? Now, two days ago for us, because it's right after midnight for me. Um, <laughs> but so we had one minute, went 14 minutes and 28 seconds, eight minutes and 30 seconds, squash match that went a minute and 54 seconds, seven minutes and 31 seconds, but there's a caveat on that one. Uh, a squash match that went just over a minute <clears throat> and then 11 minutes and 43 seconds. So there was a total of six matches in two hours. Um, but, you know, most of them, I've, I, I, if I did the math here, I would say the average as a whole was about eight minutes. Somewhere okay. around. I, I can do the math a little closer, but, you know, you have three matches above eight minutes, one right about eight minutes and two matches well under. So I think it's going to come to about that, right? 
And mm. I'd be fine with that in the end. Um, you go back to, to Rampage. Three total matches. Eight minutes and 12 seconds. Six minutes and 46 seconds. 16 minutes and 20 seconds. Let's go back to Dynamite the week before. Nine minutes and 38 seconds. Eight minutes and 12 seconds. Squash match of 47 seconds. 10 minutes and 50 seconds. 7 minutes, 42 seconds, 12 minutes, 28 seconds. So AEW, historically speaking, even their women's matches um, that air on Rampage or Dynamite typically go 6 to 10 minutes long, right? Right. Um, In fact, as a whole, and this is where I'll bring up my fun math that I've done as a whole, as a whole, uh, since September 1st, no, August 1st, since August 1st, um, all of the matches that have aired on either AEW TV or AEW Dark or Dynamite, the women's matches have averaged four and a quarter minutes. So about four minutes and 15 seconds, somewhere around there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had a total of 96 matches and I want to say 37 of them. Uh, We're under three minutes, which means that the vast majority of them, two-thirds of them, were over three minutes long. But you look at the ones that were shorter than three minutes, and almost all of them are person that they're pushing defeats unknown person. You know, Jade Cargill defeating Amber Nova in 45 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a squash match that's designed to build Jade Cargill as a monster, right? Right. Uh, uh, Nyla Rose defeating Valentina Rossi in uh, just under two minutes. Okay. Again, building Nyla Rose as a monster again. Uh, Jade Cargill defeating Katie Arquette in a minute and a half. Think there's any relation to David Arquette? Uh, probably not, but she might have chose her name because of that. Mm. Uh, Nyla Rose defeating Tina San Antonio in 39 seconds. You know, you're seeing you're seeing kind of a a, a pattern here <coughs> where it's big name defeating kind of unknown. Like it, even Jumping. when you get to uh, Ty Conti defeating Rebecca Scott in two minutes and 30 seconds, that's still a match it's longer than how. Ha- that's longer than 80% of WWE's women's matches. Yep. And it's still name wrestler that they're pushing, defeating enhancement talent. Let's use the phrase enhancement talent for them. Jobber. Um, you could also call him jobber. I'm going to say enhancement talent. Um, so the vast, ma- the vast majority of the short matches mm. are enhancement talent matches, which is what right. they're supposed to be. When you get to the matches that feature two named wrestlers, uh, so let's just scroll here. Two wrestlers that we know their name, uh, Ty Conti and Penelope Ford. Oh, eight minutes and 29 seconds. Right. Um, Diamante and Nyla Rose versus Big Swole and Julia Hart, six minutes and 34 seconds. Um, The Bunny versus Tay Conti, four minutes and 43 seconds. Um, Jamie Hayter versus Red Velvet. Seven minutes and one second. Um, do, 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 do. Um, 
Ruby Soho versus Jamie Hayter, seven minutes and 27 seconds. So when they've got named wrestlers versus each other, they tend to give them more time. Just, right. just in general. Um, and and so these Queen's Crown ones from a historical standpoint, not the Queen's Crown, but this uh TBS title from a historical standpoint, um stands a really good shot of the matches being around six minutes plus long out on average. Exactly. So in in the end, I will likely not have as big of a complaint against the TBS one as I do against the the WWE one. However, mm-hmm. like I said, this is a wait and see part of this. We'll find out over the next 11 weeks, I guess, how this goes. But if Or they, if they really mess up, you'll find out sooner because mm-hmm. uh, if they do end up doing two a week, then... Yeah. Well, we'll... Or, or if this week's Dynamite comes up and uh, the Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb is over in a minute 50 seconds, I'm going to have something to say about that. Because right. I want to see that match go 10 minutes. Now, you know, I'll point out that they did just have that match. What was it, two weeks ago? Mm, um, yeah. Two, 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 three weeks ago, actually. Two weeks ago. Was it Rampage or Dynamite? I think it was Dynamite. Um, just got to find it. because Serena Deeb versus Karushita on Dynamite on the 6th of October. 10 minutes and 15 seconds. Mm. So... So I would expect this match, regardless of who wins, I would expect this match to go that nine to 11 minutes, somewhere around there, right? That's what I would expect. Um, And and so, but but in the end, the interesting thing about this TBS tournament, and this is something that, you know, we might disagree on because you thought the the ending of the um, women's, uh, the Queen's Crown was surprising. I I don't know of this field who's going to win. In AEW? In AEW. Like, I don't know. Like, Thunder Rosa, she, yeah, might, she very well might win. I'm thinking Thunder. I'm thinking Nyla. I'm thinking Ruby. I'm thinking Deeb because I want that underdog. Yeah. Do you push someone else? Yeah, definitely yeah. unpredictable. It's unpredictable. Um, Yo, I'm but- here to deal. I think Nyla Rose, excuse me, I think Thunder Rosa is probably not going to win, if only because I think they're going to to push her back to the main card, have her eventually challenge Britt Baker. Right. She's mm. she's the one that I think is probably the most yeah, likely. She doesn't to really lose. need a tournament technically. Because she doesn't well, and she doesn't need the TBS title. I mean, she's already one half of the highest rated women's match in AEW history, the Britt Baker versus uh Thunder Rosa lights out match. I gotta watch that again. That was a great match. Uh, but you know, I do. Do I think they're gonna put it on the bunny or red velvet? Probably not. Right. Uh, but Jade Cargill is a it's a chance. They're really high on Jade Cargill. Put that TBS belt on her to, uh, to try to rocket strap her to the the top. Maybe I don't know. Serena Deeb or Hikaru Shida. You know, is this is this gonna be the Hikaru Shida redemption story? She wins the TBS title. Um, or is that considered a step down from a former? AEW world title holder. Do you have Serena right. Deeb be the one who, who wins it? Uh Chris Statlander, Ruby Soho. It could go either way. Ruby Soho has been in the main event, but she didn't win versus uh, right. Britt Baker. Chris Statlander's been in the main event, but she didn't win versus Britt Baker. 
So I literally don't like I right now, if you and I both filled out this bracket, if we sent this bracket to to DA Fabe and had him bring it uh, fill it out, I have a feeling we would all fill it out differently. Like yep. entirely. Like aside mm -hmm. from Ruby Soho beating Penelope Ford, which we already know happened, I I could see almost every pick being different. You know, in one yeah. way or another. So it's unpredictable. I just don't know if it's unpredictable because I haven't learned enough about them based off of AEW, just not really doing much. They're doing a lot more now, but I still feel it's like you should have given me more. Uh, or if it's just because of the fact that, hey, it can go either way sort of ordeal. But again, does that allude to well, you didn't really give me much story to work on, although it's just a tournament. Uh, I The storylines are what's going to ultimately lead me to pick one side over the other, which I don't technically have. So that's just my only thing. And I've been saying for weeks and months on end, uh, I don't have a lot of faith in how they book the women's division in AEW. Uh, but I am excited for them to hopefully prove me wrong with this and uh, excited to talk about that when the women's mm -hmm. uh, is all over and they don't hopefully pull a WWE. Yeah. Well, and that's the deal is um, I, I know on on your cheater show, you mm -hmm. talked about um, uh, not watching Dark and Elevation. Right. For lots of reasons and and i get it i don't i don't exactly fault you for it i don't watch them every week because mm -hmm. first of all and there's something i talked about one of the weeks when you weren't here with uh dfa one of my problems with dark and elevation is that they're not a set time period they they premiere at a set time on youtube but you don't know whether you're setting aside an hour or two hours of your life for it, oh really right? or or 30 minutes you know, oh, um, uh, has it they, changed that dramatically? Oh, uh, you better believe it has. Give me one second to pull For up 30 that. minutes. Um, no, yeah. there wasn't like an elevation or dark that was 30 minutes. There, there was one that was pretty darn close to it. Uh, oh, wow. Um, give me one second to pull up the AEW. Um, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, what AEW dark playlist. I mean, I imagine you would yeah. just have it as a time set. Like, you can go on anytime you want it to a YouTube channel, sure. Yeah, no. It, the, <laughs> the time it premieres is always the same and everything. But it's not like, a, okay, we premiere at 7, we finish at 9. Nope. It's... So, um, not including this last week, they did two special event ones that were favorite matches uh, right. of all time on Dark. And those went long. Like, the, the Night 2 one was three hours long. But that's a compilation one. That's not. Uh, AW Dark from last week on Tuesday, six matches, 40 minutes long. Wow. Six matches. AW Dark Elevation from Monday of last week, four matches, 25 minutes long. All right. Um, okay. Nice and short. Less than an mm. hour. You know, do all that. AW Dark from uh, two weeks ago, four matches, 22 minutes long. Dark Elevation from two weeks ago seven matches 49 minutes long mm. okay still under an hour okay that's fine right we're gonna go back another week um aw dark uh from three weeks ago 13 matches an hour and 24 minutes long it's 13 uh, matches though 
yeah, it's a lot of matches. I'm getting it, you know, whatever. But again, uh, the That's elevation from that 10 no. matches, 51 minutes long. So oh. now Dark has, in three weeks span, been 22 minutes long all the way to an hour and a half long, right? right. But no set time frame for it. Let's, you know, let's go back to four weeks ago. Uh, Dark from four weeks ago, 11 matches, an hour and 12 minutes long. Elevation. I uh, don't know how many matches were on it. Uh, it doesn't say specifically. I want to say it's four matches. Uh, 38 minutes long, right? Mm. So Elevation right now is, is proving to be all uh, under an hour most weeks, right? Um, right. Uh, five weeks ago, Grand Slam week, uh, Dark, 14 matches, hour and 47 minutes long. Elevation, nine matches, 54 minutes long. Uh, okay, now it's it's getting up there. Um, but then dark from five weeks ago, eight matches, 54 minutes long elevation, eight matches, 40 minutes long. And that's, that's, this is getting into exactly what my problem is <coughs> with it. Oh, here's an elevation. That's now an hour and 14 minutes long. <coughs> we don't know how much time to set aside to watch this. Right. You set aside two it's hours. Kind of weird. Well, I guess because you can always replay it. I guess they don't necessarily no, uh, I, say, you know, hey, you don't necessarily have to watch it live. It's like you're PVRing it. Come back when you have time. I, I, I get that. I think it's a bad choice is what I'm saying. In mm. the end, we need to treat these just like a television show. They have a premiere time just like a television show already. So so have a set number, set time period for it. And then schedule them. Because my biggest problem with Dark and Dark Elevation is there's basically no promo. There's no setup. There's no backstage vignettes. There's Which no anything. why I don't watch it, right? It's just match. I don't know why you don't make it live. Um, Because it's after Dynamite or before Dynamite anyways, right? That You just well, go in it. There, you just yes have, to no. have the announcers live, really, well, in reality. Yeah, uh, yes and no. Sometimes they record it after Dynamite. <coughs> Excuse me, I got a tickle in my throat. Sometimes they record it after Dynamite, but um, most weeks they're recording it on Sundays at Universal Studio. And they record both Dark and Elevation back to back. So you don't want to have them live at that point because then it would just be Sunday afternoon is all wrestling and then there's not Tuesday, you know. And right. so they, they want to have it on Monday. They want to have it on Tuesday. They basically want to have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday wrestling. Mm. Um, and so I get that. But my point is you need to just promote, produce it like a TV show. Have backstage vignettes. Have promos. Give these give these up-and-comers time to shine. Uh, develop the storylines. Because right now it's just here's a match. We've got another match coming up. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Okay, this match is over. Now let's talk about that match. Boom, we're in that match. Okay, don't don't forget, later on we've got this match. Oh, now it's time for that match. Boom, boom, boom. Mm. And there's no storyline development. And I would like, I get it. Some of these matches are against nobodies, against jobbers, against enhancement talent. There's not much to build up. But you still can have the name wrestler. You can still have... Uh, Chris Statlander, who's going up against, you know, independent wrestler from Missouri, uh, 
deliver a promo saying, you know, I, I've, I've watched your tape and you're good, but you're not Chris Statlander good, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can use those to take these six to 10 matches and put them into a format that fills basically an hour. So people know every week on Monday night, set aside an hour to watch dark. On Tuesday night, set us or elevation. On Tuesday night, set aside an hour to watch dark. You know, you you have this because right now, half of the time, the reason I don't watch dark is I look at the time and I go, I don't have that much time to watch it. Right. right. So I maybe start it and then I like here's one from a month and a half ago, fifty two minutes long. I watched about a third of it and I haven't finished it. And why is that? Because I didn't have time to set aside for the full amount. And then I didn't come back to it. Right? right. And with almost anything online, you want people to start it and sit through the whole thing. Right. And I get it. A lot of dark and elevation is about building up a back catalog uh, for the eventual streaming service, which knock on wood is coming soon. But right now, I, I think AEW could benefit from using it not just as a tryout space and developmental space for wrestlers mm-hmm. uh, in the ring, but also use it as a way to build some storylines and build promo skills for these people. Because here's the deal. One of the things that uh, AEW's both men's and women's division has struggled with is promo skills. And I think yeah. a lot of it has been just the fact that a lot of these people never had to deliver promos on the regular. An independent right. wrestler doesn't really deliver promos regularly, right? Right. Because because if you're in a, a independent wrestler in the Quebec area, right? Mm-hmm. You're wrestling at probably three different promotions on a, on a semi-regular basis, just kind of rotating between them. Right. right. It's really more just the uh whoever's the champion, they have a little thing. Uh mm-hmm. and if there is a promo, it's a recorded promo most of the time. Yep. Um, and those are even bad, you know, but yeah. there's no training to it. It's just the, pro- the owner so- hey, say this, say this, okay, go. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, like- and and that's kind of the thing is in in the end, one of the things that WWE does well is training people on promos and mo- not even just how to deliver the promo, but how to be comfortable in front of a camera when delivering a promo. I'm mm-hmm. not even talking about the scriptedness. I don't care if the person uh, uh, doesn't speak well in front of a camera, if they, you know, or doesn't, doesn't make up lines well on the spot. You can script something. That's fine. Right. Right. <clears throat> it's about being comfortable in front of a camera. And a perfect example of that is Britt Baker. Britt Baker in early AEW was not very comfortable and didn't have her character figured out in front of a camera. Britt Baker now... I gotta watch that. Like, you're saying AEW Dynamite just starting? Yeah, when they first started out, Britt Baker... First of all, Britt Baker was positioned to be the face, and it took her a while to figure out that she's a heel, right? Mm. Second of all, just being comfortable in front of a camera was not easy for her. She didn't know how to stand. She didn't know how to look. And she is light years ahead of that now. In fact, we're going to we're gonna actually skip 
skip ahead when talking about Britt Baker because she is actually one of my commendations this week. <clears throat> did did you get to watch all of Dynamite yesterday? Mm, yes and no. I was technically preparing for the podcast. I was cheating you on. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Right. <laughs> so, Dynamite yesterday, Britt Baker faced off against... Um, who was it? Or was it on Rampage? It was on Rampage. It was on Rampage. Rampage. Yeah. It was on Rampage. Britt Baker versus Anna J. Right. Um, there was uh one moment in that that is a perfect example of Britt Baker's uh improvement in uh being on TV. I'll use that as the, the way it's <laughs> right? Because she mm-hmm. she was always a good wrestler. All right. Right, her wrestling skill has never been my any problem. Right, her her problem has been the camera skills. Right, which right. we uh, we've talked about before on this show. I've talked about it with DFA, but I'm sure we've talked about it on times when you've been on here. But camera work is one of the tougher things for independent wrestlers to get used to when they go to WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, whatever. Right, right. Because on the indies, you don't have to care about where the camera is. Exactly. In fact, and most of the time, you don't have a camera, right? If you're wrestling right. for Quebec Bar Wrestling League, right, <laughs> there's probably not a camera there. Right. Um, so you just come out and you, you deliver your line straight to the drunkards in the audience and then you wrestle. Exactly. And this is not, I, again, this is not trying to dog on Quebec Bar Wrestling League. No, no, or sure. anyone like it. It's just the nature of independent wrestling is about the crowd. Televised wrestling is about the camera. Right. <clears throat> and early Britt Baker wasn't comfortable in front of the camera, didn't know where to look for the camera. Um, Britt Baker now, in the <clears throat> middle of a match, um, after hitting Anna Jay with a move, Britt Baker on the mat looks over and winks at the camera. Oh, isn't that nice? It it was so well done. Like she spotted where the camera is, she knows that camera's on, wink. It, it, she played to the camera so well. Hmm, and it's like nice. night and day from early Britt Baker to now. She knows the camera, she knows how to play to the camera, she knows all of it. And that's something that that a lot of them struggle with. Now Anna J actually started off really well. I, I mentioned it. It was one of the things that impressed me the most with her from day one is for someone who is really, really green in terms of wrestling skill from point one, she knew how to work the camera. She knew how to work the angles of the camera, how to play your, your moves to the camera. You know, it's, it's something Britt Baker's gotten a lot better with. And, and it's, it shows um, when applying the lock job, she turns the people so that they face the hard cam. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the, that's the that's the money shot, you know. Right. Um, and you can tell when a wrestler is an independent wrestler who's never had to work about the camera, right? <clears throat> they play the wrestling moves to the crowd, um, which doesn't sometimes look good on camera because the camera's not in that position. Once right. they know how to play to the camera, it changes things altogether. Their uh, all of their moves face the camera. 
Uh, and that's where Britt Baker has gotten so much better. And that's where a lot of them have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what something like AEW Dark should be about and Dark Elevation should be about. Getting these people not just in ring time to show off how they can do wrestling wise, but in ring time to show off uh, to learn how to find the camera and then pre ring work to show them how to exploit the camera and cut promos and vignettes and whatever. So, but anyways, on that, we'll, we'll move forward because we talked about the uh, TBS women's championship tournament. Uh, there's some good things I'm happy about. There's some things I'm a little nervous about. And then there's things that we just don't know. Right. right exactly. <clears throat> so there's there's going to be a put a pin on this. We'll come back to this on a future episode, whether, whether to be pissed about this or not. And maybe it'll be next week. Maybe I'll come on <laughs> next week and be like, son of a bitch, AEW, you fucking piss me off. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't. Right. Right. Um, but here, here's what I will say before we roll on, though. I I want everyone to know and and understand that I want WWE to be good. I may be an AEW mark. You can call me that. Yeah, shoe fits, whatever. But I want WWE to be good. Right. right. Because when WWE is good, it makes AEW good. Right. Um. So I want them to be. I want Impact to be good. I want Ring of Honor to be good. I want them all to be good, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of why my frustration with WWE right now is that they have everything it takes to be good, and they're choosing to book poorly. <sighs> well, I mean, it's weird because they've been booking poorly for quite some time. <laughs> Uh, and even with competition being there for Jesus two years now, um, you know, whether you thought it was competition or wasn't competition or whatever have you, um, it's still not great. So I just don't know. I don't know if they can actually book well anymore, um, or what it's going to take. I think Vince at this point is just focusing too much on the business side money wise and not necessarily caring caring all that much for his product and just looking towards the future of selling. I I don't know if that's going to that's going to change his mind whether I think AEW did 500,000 this week. I don't know if that's up from last week dynamite uh or um, lower. I think it's a little bit lower but here Saturday dynamites are always going to be low. Um, right. I- anytime you have to move off your regular time slot, you're going to be low. And especially going to be low during baseball playoffs, college football season. Yeah. Um, hockey season. You know, I yeah, mean, there's, I, there's hockey games on Saturdays for sure. Yeah. A bunch. So, <clears throat> you know, all of this stuff is going to do it. But But just even without that, Television viewers are creatures of habit, right? Yep. We we love to get into a a routine, routine right? Mm-hmm. Monday. And, hey, to be perfectly honest, it's why Raw still gets over a million viewers every week, right? Mm-hmm. As bad they they could literally book dog shit matches, and they would still get a million views a week on 
USA Network. You know why? I don't know, man. If I get a bunch of Kendall from Hell matches, I don't know how much I'd be watching. There, there is always going to be that core group of <laughs> WWE fans who have Vince been next week it. on Raw. Book a Kendall from Hell, nothing but on Raw, and let's see how you do. Because, uh, but these people, this core group of people, have been doing it. Have been watching this show on Monday nights at this time frame for thirty years, for decades. Yeah. And they're a creature of habit, and that's just what they do. They come home at seven o'clock central, turn on USA Network because there's there's WWE Raw, um, and and they're gonna that's that core group. Now that's that's the forty to to sixty crowd for the most part. You know what I mean? Right. Um, they're just creatures of habits. This is what they've always done. This is what they're always gonna do. No matter how bad W, and they'll get on Twitter later and be like, "I can't fucking believe WWE sucks so much," but they're they're creatures of habit, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to watch it, so they will probably, for a very long time, continue to have at least a million views on on Monday nights, no matter how bad they get. Um, But it's the same thing with everything else. Wednesday night, how you even a week ago tried to find AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night. Because you forgot that they this week I remembered this week you remembered but last <laughs> week and the week before you didn't and you I was know, like what's I mean, going on what's going on what's what going is on? Adam why Page is dynamite I can't what does Adam it? Page's Twitter mean I don't get what's happening what is he talking about why <clears throat> can I find it I'm like oh right yes of course yeah, sure. sure and everything makes sense once I <laughs> once I look it up um, but that's the deal is as as a creature of habit and so anytime you move off that you're going to be low. Um, and raw raw takes a hit if they move off monday night for whatever reason if there's if there's a major event of um presidential debate on a monday night mm. and they get preempted biden versus trump too <clears throat> yeah no. too soon no too soon please no anyways <laughs> um so it, it it's always going to happen so i i don't read too much into the ratings for uh, AEW this week. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really trying my hardest to get out of talking ratings because in the end, for the average fan, ratings don't fucking matter. Right. Um, and I do think that fans tend to get too caught up in ratings. And it's all about tribalism. You know, we, we love to uh, associate ourselves with one side and then fuck the other side. You know, it's it's why we get so heavy into sports. You know, I'm a Patriots fan. Right. You know, fuck you, Cowboys. Oh, I don't right. know. I'm a Habs fan. Fuck whatever the team the Habs have a rivalry with. I don't fucking know hockey. Boston uh, Maple Leafs. Yeah, um, tribalism, and right. and I get it. You know, and I I you know I'm an AEW fan. I want to see AEW do good. I'm not gonna lie that, but I also want to see. WWE do good. I also want to see Impact do good and and Ring of Honor do good and New Japan do good and NWA do good and Zello Pro do good. Um, oh, what do you Who's calling you so late at night? Well, it is our co-host. Um, One job. He's supposed to be taking care of his sick child. He is no longer getting Father of the Year. Check that out, though. Make sure. <clears throat> Well, I'm not answering it, but I'm going to be like... Well, text him. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we're, but I, I think uh, to <coughs> a certain extent, although I call you an AEW mark and so on, uh, you are uh, at the end of the day, um, um, an unbiased uh, wrestling fan in the sense that you are a, just a pure wrestling fan at heart. And at the end of the day, more wrestling for you and I would be better than one company just taking over, you know? Yes. Like, so. And that's the deal. So I, I've been trying to get away from talking ratings as much because I do think we, as wrestling fans, we get so tied up into it. And I want to point out from a grand scheme of things, um, no one, no one gave a fuck about wrestling TV ratings until the Monday Night Wars happened. Right. <clears throat> Very valid. Um, and and even then, the average fan shouldn't care. I mean, yes, they're important for the wrestling companies. Uh they're important for the wrestling companies because ratings are how they sell commercials and commercials are how they make money. So, right. but here's the deal. I'm not Tony Khan. You're not Tony Khan. Nope. Neither of us are Vince McMahon. Nope. Neither of us are Anthem Entertainment or Sinclair Media Group. Right? Or Titan. Yeah. Or, or Titan or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so the ratings shouldn't actually matter to us because, right. because in the end, the wrestling should be what matters. I I'm be the first to admit I can sometimes get caught up and it'd be like hey, Impact did 1.4 million or AEW did 1.4 million views this dynamite. But you know? I mean, keep in mind it also just gives us uh, a stat, right? At the end of the day, it gives us 500,000 people <clears throat> viewed AEW Dynamite this week, but again, a million people viewed Raw. But it's important you know? to keep them in context and keep them and understand that in the end. They shouldn't matter to us. They matter to the executives. They matter to TBS. They matter to Tony Khan. And Tony right. Khan should 100% pay attention to him and and program his thing in the best way that he can to promote his ratings. Right. But, but to the average wrestling fan and even the not-so-average podcast host, um, we, we need to take a step back and, and understand that these ratings don't actually mean anything to you and I. Right. right. <clears throat> it doesn't affect my life in one way, shape, or form if AEW gets 1.4 million uh, watchers or 1.1 million viewers, right? Well, I mean, other than the fact that, hey, there's a lot more people tuning in this week mm -hmm. just out of pure human curiosity. Again, it's yes. curious to them, but even for us, like, oh, well, what did they do this week that made a million people want to tune in? I, I, I get it, but at the same point, we tend to focus so much on it as a whole that if there's a whole thing go on. Well, I mean, the dirt sheets Twitter. focus on it. Yeah. The, well, the go, dirt sheets focus on it. Not even that. Go on wrestling Twitter on any Thursday afternoon when Dynamite's ratings come out. And mm -hmm. not just the dirt sheets. The dirt sheets will report it, right? But then your feed will just be absolutely killed by uh, uh, the WWE tribe bashing the numbers, the AEW yeah. tribe defending the numbers, WWE tribe coming on and saying, oh, they couldn't even break 1.3 million, even though they had Brian Danielson and CM Punk on the show. And the AEW tribe coming out and saying, well, you know, that's because there was a hockey game on the other channel or whatever. 
and and in the end it it doesn't fucking matter to us it's right. just a talking point to us and we need to take a step back and as a whole say what matters to us is were we entertained right and that's where my frustration with wwe comes from we can talk about business decisions, this and that and everything. But in the end, my frustration is that they have all this potential to entertain people and all this potential to tell good storylines. And instead, they're telling bad storylines. But instead, they have a title segment to end off the show. Yes. And that's the deal is, is in the end, my frustration has nothing to do with their ratings and entirely to do with the fact that they're putting a bad program together. And yes, the bad program will show up in ratings, but it shouldn't be what we're focusing on. As as wrestling fans, our focus should be on were we entertained or not? Right. Because if we're entertained, the ratings will come, right? If mm-hmm. AEW entertains me, I'm going to continue to watch. All right. Right? If WWE entertains me, I'm going to continue to watch. Mm-hmm. Period. It doesn't matter if WWE is fucking phenomenal and only getting 1.1 million views, right? I'm still going to be a happy camper because they're putting on a show that's really entertaining, right? Right. If WWE gets 6 million views and is shitty, I'm still going to be pissed because it's shitty programming. <laughs> right. Um, which, you know, I'll point out. I was uh, in the Monday Night Wars. I was on Team WCW, right? I didn't care about the ratings at the time. I didn't give a fuck about that. I I thought the product for the part of it that I really liked was better on WCW. Mm. Um, I did not like the WWE product for a long time. Um, that's the in the end. Uh, WWE starts winning, gets more views than WCW, right? But I still didn't like their product. Right. If the if podcasting had existed in 1997, I would have been on on podcast talking about how much I did not like the WWE product at the time. I would have right. been in the minority because they were getting seven million viewers a night. Right. Um, but I would have been saying it. In the <laughs> end, all I want is good product from either side. Exactly. From all sides. And the the ratings are a symptom of a good product, but the ratings are not the product and the ratings are not what we should be concerned with. We can talk back and forth about them. They can be used as an example of something, but in the end, what we really need to talk about is the product. So, um, But we'll move on. We're, we're two hours now. I know it's really late for you, so we'll move on and talk about misdemeanors. We'll, we'll just kind of combine misdemeanors and commendations into one big schmoz here. Um, to kind of roll through it faster. Uh, that's fair. So, oh, I had one. Um, I guess. Uh, I guess at the same night, I will also uh, give accommodations to Becky Lynch, perhaps for standing her ground again. We don't know the full story. Uh, whether we ever will is a different story altogether. Uh, but from what we've heard. Um, I do give an accommodation for Becky Lynch for at least standing up what it right now. It does sound like, um, that Becky Lynch was the quote unquote hero of this whole shindig. And, um, yeah, so I, I would like to give, um, accommodations to, 
to Becky, but also to Xavier. Xavier Woods, King Xavier. Um, I don't know if I'm totally happy with Xavier winning necessarily, but I do think it is well-deserved. Either way, I do think it does shed a, a little bad light on Finn. I don't know what the heck they're doing with Balor. Uh, but at the same time, I think that it is uh, well-deserved. And the guy was still so humble on his social media with Twitter and his excitement. And, uh, of course, he's a wrestling fan like all of us at the end of the day. <clears throat> um, so another accommodation would go to Xavier Woods or King Xavier. Excuse me. And I think... King Xavier is going to do wonders with that come Monday night. So let's go. I'm excited to see that. There, there's going to be a lot of fun from King Xavier. Uh, the New Day always take these sorts of things and and run with them. So mm-hmm. I'm 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 down with that. Um, I agree with that. I um my this is this is a joint commendation and misdemeanor. It's weird. This is going to be a, a weird episode for that here. But I'm going to give both a commendation to Impact Wrestling and at the same point a misdemeanor to Impact Wrestling for Bound for Glory. Mm. And and that is a misdemeanor because there were a lot of expected debuts at Bound for Glory that did not end up happening for one reason or other. Um, Big one, Braun Strowman, Titan, whatever he Mm -hmm. wants to go by, was expected to debut at it and did not. We mentioned mm-hmm. that a little bit earlier, I think, but mm-hmm. um, but he didn't. So they they and here's the deal. Scott Demore heavily hinted that he was going to be there, and then I mean right. didn't. So that's a misdemeanor. Uh, potentially, Buddy Murphy might have been there. Might have been there. Uh, Bronson Reed was uh, reportedly supposed to be there, and then they changed their mind at the last minute. So they they pitched this with this uh, whole idea that there were going to be all these surprise debuts or or whatever at Bound for Glory, and then there really weren't. There was one surprise debut, which wasn't even a surprise technically. Which one are you talking about? Oh, uh, maybe we're not talking. About... Well, the Iconics inspiration. The Iconics, yeah, the inspiration. No, that wasn't a surprise because we knew it was him. There mm-hmm. was one surprise debut in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. Um, oh snap! The one match I miss. Okay, yeah. Uh, and and it's gonna be weird for me to call this a commendation, and I can already tell you're gonna roll your eyes when I say it. But getting my eyes ready, get your eyes ready. Um, <laughs> but for me, I think Impact Wrestling. I think this was hilarious for them to do. Uh. The demon, and that's not Finn Balor's right. the demon. <coughs> it's WCW's the demon. WCW's right? the kiss demon showing up. So I kind of like that only because I technically just finished Gene Simmons' book, and he did talk about that and how he set that up in WCW. Uh, and I think that's the only reason why I kind of would stand it right now. Because it is fresh in my mind and how Gene Simmons got that set up and so on. In fact, he took it to both WWE and and WCW. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just WCW came up first and said, hey, we'll we'll give you this much money to do it. So and and there's a couple of things that are important to remember, right? Because there are a lot of people like, oh, is Gene Simmons going to sue Impact Wrestling? I don't think so. For this reason, they did not call him the kiss demon. 
They just right. called him the demon. And if you go back and actually watch the WCW thing uh, from it, he was the Kiss demon for a while. And then Kiss and WCW ended their partnership. Right. But the demon yeah. continued to wrestle under the name the demon. WWE now, might have. WWE might have uh, if they. I doubt it. If they maintained the trademark. Unless they have like a. a bundle of trademarks all just messed together and here this price is to keep it yeah but i mean probably not so so but here's the deal is i i give them a commendation for it because it was a surprise out of left field um there's a nostalgia did you do good with it um i don't think he was in it for super long Mm. um it was still just kind of fun i I, you know (laughs) and the thing is i i this is part of why i give him a commendation i don't expect him to continue appearing Right. He's not going to be a regular character on Impact. This I feel was like this be. was a nostalgia pop, show up a couple <laughs> once or twice and then and then be gone, right? This was like uh this is like when the boogeyman shows up in the WWE Royal Rumble, right? Right. Okay. Pops the crowd, gets eliminated, eats some worms and then leaves. Mm-hmm. Right? Or Maybe pops the crowd, eats some worms, then gets eliminated. It doesn't matter. Um, but uh, but I still think that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, in talking about Impact Wrestling, have to say... Nice swerve. Yeah. There there were a couple... Like, I A, um, we'll get to the really nice swerve at the end here, but A, I did not expect Mickey James to win. That too. I thought this yep. was going to be a, a build Diana Perazzo some more match, and instead it was a Mickey James winning the title match. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of expected the Good Brothers to drop the tag titles, right? And they didn't. Um, so that was kind of. But then the big one, Josh Alexander, the Walking Weapon, beat Christian for the Impact World Title. Which, Which I was excited for. Swerve. <laughs> and then Moose, who won the call your shot gauntlet earlier in the night, called his shot and speared uh, Josh Alexander and pinned mm. him to become the Impact World title. With his wife and child still With in his the wife ring. and child in the ring. Yes. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so that uh, I was wondering, I'm like, when did they do a money in the bank thing? When was that? So that was the call your shot. Call your shot. Okay. Yep. Um, so yes, a swerve didn't see it coming. Didn't expect them to do a same night cash in. Mm-hmm. I'm a little sad that Josh Alexander didn't get longer time with the belt because he's good, he man. He's really good. This is um, my, I think my first time really watching one of his matches. Yeah. So and I'm, I'm happy he's, he's uh, cause he was with, Ethan Page in the North, um, right, and uh, he was phenomenal in that. Oh, I'm, I'm really snap. happy to see him getting a right. singles run. And mm-hmm. here's the deal: we've we already know that they're gonna turn this into a storyline. E- e- you know, uh, Josh Alexander is going to try to <coughs> regain the belt. This is going to be back and forth. There's going. I to firmly be believe there. he could beat Moose. Uh, Josh yeah. Alexander is pretty. Uh, pretty he's he's pretty, really pretty good. Um, yeah. And so, but I also, I the reason I'm giving this a commendation is because this is technically the first time Moose has been Impact World Champion. Oh, okay. You know, 
Yeah. Uh, really. And so I, I'm excited for, for a little bit of that. Moose, Moose is going to have fun with it. Um, but the, the side effect of this, though, is this also can be a misdemeanor because it also may be a symbol of the Impact AEW partnership being over. Um, because an AEW contracted wrestler is no longer their top uh, champion, right? right. Uh, the Good Brothers have not appeared on AEW TV in three weeks now. Right. And are not expected to appear again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think we've reached this point, and, and I'm sad because I think there was a lot more potential that could have been done from it. But I yeah, think why didn't you try to grab more of the impact? One man, Diana Perosa. Yeah. There would have like, been a lot of fun. I would have loved to have seen. Oh, Jordan, Jordan Grace, Grace winning the D- digital media championship. Um, that was great. I give her I felt like you said championship. You said ship. I said ship. Okay. I just didn't I didn't go on my ship. Championship. But yeah, nice. Which means what exactly? Well, it means she's now the digital media champion. Which means so she's what got exactly? a belt that says digital media champion. Which represents what exactly? It's their new mid card belt. Okay. Well, <laughs> new. It's their new, their, new mid card belt. It's their spin on the T champion. Oh, right. right. They haven't That's really right. put a lot of uh, uh, rules for for it. But so now they've got the uh, the Impact World Title, the X Division Title is like their cruiserweight title, but not really mm-hmm. because it's not weight limit; it's more style wise. Anyways, um, and then the Digital Media Championship, and then the the Knockouts Championship, Knockouts being the Women's Championship, uh, Digital Media Championship, however, is um, at least like so far. TV title. Well, it's like their TV title, but it's also um all gender right oh the the matches uh, that went into this featured guys girls yep guys and girls and um jordan grace being their first digital media champion is who did she beat um i think there was multiple people in that give me give me one second here to pull it up while you do that i don't really have any misdemeanors um my so i'm gonna switch it to another accommodation and it's gonna go to um dark side of the ring for their luna vachon episode uh which was fire and it was showcasing a lot on mental health and i thought that is a a fascinating story to tell for one of the um women who've really invented the women's revolution before it was even a thing um and also for the previous one before that which was technically the um who was before luna uh canine the canine one was also pretty well and scott demore was on that one him and canine were uh pretty close friends um, which also focused on someone not necessarily mental health related, but uh, canine did def Johnny canine definitely did have uh, a dark side to him. 
so there could have been some sort of bipolarism, schizophrenism, or something like that uh, that uh, Johnny K-9 had, just from all the wrestlers saying he was a good guy, Scott Damore <clears throat> mentioning that as well, and then uh, him being in a biker gang and uh, potentially could have uh, – he was found not guilty after no evidence, but could have uh, have killed a few people <coughs> while he was in that said gang. So um, Dark Side seems to always do amazing, amazing work. Um, did not watch the XPW one. I am going to look forward to towards that. But I really love their uh, not so much wrestling related, but about the individual itself. So Luna Vachon, the Johnny Canine. Um, then of course the um, Canyon. I wasn't also crazy on. I think the book is a much better uh, impactful way to go on him, but that was also done pretty decently, but also um, really showcasing the dark side of the ring pun intended um they just do phenomenal job and they always i shouldn't be surprised anymore but they always just knock it out of the park they're really really good at that and there's only two episodes left the xpw episode that happened and then the steroid scandal well uh, hulk hogan and Vince McMahon, or hulk hogan and somebody i don't know i don't know the steroid scandal but something in 93 about hulk hogan and yeah, I guess Hulk Hogan testifying against Vince. Yeah, that's it. So and that I don't know much about. Else I'm also excited. So, um, the Impact Digital Media uh, Title Tournament Final was a six-way match featuring Jordan Grace, Chelsea Green, Crazy Steve, Fala Ba, John Schuyler, and Madison Rain. Hmm. So uh, three men and three women. The previous <laughs> matches going into the tournament, uh featured uh Tennille Dashwood versus uh Alicia uh Chelsea Green versus Madison Rain um to versus Sam Beal uh Crazy Steve versus Hernandez so a lot of those previous matches were men versus men women versus women right. but then the final match was was intergender um well, I do hope going forward, uh, they do make it at least intergender. Um, you know, we don't really see that much. And I think it's a little because it's maybe a, a certainly a little touchy subject. Um, but at the same time, with someone like Jordan Grace facing mm -hmm. you or a Diana uh, Perezzo, like I think, you know, uh, no one would here necessarily here's, they can handle their own you know what i mean it's not gonna be like a yeah. massive here's what i always i always bring up when, weight difference when uh people talk about oh intergender matches they can't be believable because why would you believe that that a woman could could beat a man i go um we've spent a lifetime watching uh finn balor stand up against braun Strowman, right? If right. if this is just about strength or power or size, we should never believe that Finn Balor has a chance against Braun Strowman. But right. we we do on a regular basis mm -hmm. say, okay, Finn Balor can beat this bigger, stronger person. So why do we have does anyone have a hard time believing 
that a Chelsea Green could pull out a victory versus um, a moose? Josh Alexander or a moose, <laughs> you know, or whatever. In the end, they tell the storyline all the time about the the smaller, David uh, more agile kind of thing. wrestler yeah. getting the victory against the larger, mm-hmm. more muscular wrestler. It right. happens when men versus men matches all the time. I mean, heck, it's half the reason that Spike Dudley had a career, right? right. Is because right. his entire career, or Marco Stunt, their mm. entire career is based around little guy, plucky, undersized hero stands up against the big men. Right. Um, and yeah, you can have them lose. And, and no one has ever said that an intergender match can't have the woman lose. In fact, it should happen. Right. But it also is not. I mean, we're talking about a scripted reality type TV show. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like MMA or something. Yeah. You know. And. and Although I think Nunez could knock anyone out. That's what I was going to say. Nunez. uh, Ronda Rousey in her prime versus Mm -hmm. most of the men's division of, of, you know, Mm -hmm. probably would have had a pretty decent shot. Right. Um, you know, it, it, when it comes to fight sports, skill plays a large part of it. Right. Now you're talking about scripted fight sports. Skill and script plays a large part of it. So <laughs> let's suspend our disbelief and just fucking watch wrestling. Right. Jesus. Um, so that's kind of my I mean, as long as Joey Ryan isn't in the match or anything, like I mean, here's the deal. I I think Joey Ryan's a creep. Um, but you go back you go back and watch some of his matches. He had some phenomenal matches with uh Candace LeRae, both mm. as as partner to Candace LeRae and uh, against Candace LeRae, that the matches were really well done and it was believable right. either way. Um mm. he's he's a garbage person, apparently, but you know, anyways. Um the the final thing that I don't know whether to call it a commendation or a misdemeanor um, because this is one of those wrestling gets real moments. And I don't want to call it either of those because it's, it's a, um, it's a disservice to uh, the wrestler involved to, to uh, either make fun of it or make light of it in any way. Um, So I'm just going to say, just best wish best wishes go out to uh Lance Archer. Um oh yeah. That was a very, very scary um under rotation on a moonsault, very Brock Lesnar-esque. Um but it wasn't a shooting star, it was a moonsault. Right? It wasn't a shooting star, it was a moonsault, but it, it mm-hmm. was the same effective thing. It was under rotation. Right. Right. Um and uh landed basically straight on his head. And reports yeah. have it that he's fine. He, well, um, he posted on Twitter that he was yeah, okay. That he was okay. And that he explained the scenarios. Look, look, guys, don't think of this as anyone's fault, yeah. uh, AEW's fault I or just anything. Under-rotated. I just I've done this move a thousand times and That's I it. under-rotated this time. And the thing is, Brock Lesnar had done the shooting star, star press right. a thousand times. That's uh, it. I just hadn't done it recently. And he got up there and he under-rotated and. and um, but in the end, a, a, I I trust that AEW and and Lance Archer are, are making sure that all of the best doctors look at 
for sure. Um, and, for sure. and make sure that there's not even like a hairline fracture, you know, maybe, I, I mean, I'm fine with him getting, getting a, a month of rest, you know, and just yeah. let, let that neck heal because that was a very, very scary moment uh, in that. I do give tons of credit to uh, uh, Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston for, um, First of all, well, I mean, a both no, for him to go yeah. in to want to continue for uh, mm-hmm. Archer to, and then for Eddie Kingston just to say, oh, this yeah. something's yeah. messed up here. They, Let call me just do a, roll. a quick roll up one, two, three, finish the match. I don't know if Eddie Kingston was supposed to win or if that uh, uh, moonsault was supposed to be be the victory for Lance Archer. Who knows? Mm, right. right. The, the dirt, dirt sheets might come out with a report later. It doesn't matter. In the end, I, I uh, feel like he was maybe supposed to win, though. I don't know because, mm-hmm. um, I feel like if Eddie Kingston was supposed to lose, then Eddie Kingston would have just made it like he's like, Bro, just touch me, just touch me, or something. And Eddie Kingston can I, just outact it, I, no problem. I think know? this more had to do with, uh, I don't think he'll it, be able to continue. So if let's it, just well, and if it was a neck injury, let's let's not make you do any more motions form. than you have to. So a right. quick roll up, protect your neck as much as we can. Um, okay. You know, let's just get this done and, and over with. But I give him a ton of credit for it. Uh, yeah. Either way, um, just get it done. True professional. Either way. Um, scary moment though. Really scary moment. Uh, yeah. Watching it because you knew that it that was not supposed to happen, and it was not not fun to see. And I mean. Red, Even red, that other angle, the AEW angle, didn't look that yeah. bad. But the but fan, fan angle from came the outside. Out, I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. I'm like, oh, you really geez. hit his freaking head. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so, um, wrestling has a, the ability to get really real at a moment's notice on us. Um, yeah. I, you know, back when I was younger, Sid Vicious jumping off the top rope and his <laughs> leg just right. folding in ways legs aren't supposed to fold. Um, or Brock <laughs> Lesnar, or right. I mean, we've seen that happen a ton of times. Um, yeah. and so, but best wishes out to Lance yeah. Archer. Hopefully, um, everything's better, but take some time off, heal, man. You, you know, don't push yourself. Uh, we'll still be here. That's it. At, at the same time, since we are talking about Lance Archer, I would, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever mentioned, but uh, big ups. Hopefully, Jake Roberts is also doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been, he has some kind of breathing issue, I believe it is. Uh, and uh, here's to hoping uh, for a speedy recovery on his end. Um, you know, the, the guy's just got his life back together uh, a few years now, and I hope. Uh, he does continue on that path and uh, prayers up to him as well. Um, and yeah. So, um, and then the, the final thing just to talk about, because it's, it's kind of funny, but at the uh, AEW dark tapings tonight uh, featured the debut, the in-ring debut of two wrestlers. That is not actually the in-ring debut of either of these wrestlers. Um so the first one was announced on Sammy Guevara's blog was going to uh, be a tag match featuring uh, Fuego del Sol and Son of Fuego, <laughs> a.k.a. Too Fast, Too Fuego. 
Too fast, too fuego. And, and son of fuego is 100% not Cody Rhodes. No. No. Anyone who it's says it's almost Rhodes, that same breath that Sami Zayn is not El Generico. Wait, wait, no. Same. No. You're, but you're I mean, uh, they are right, though. This is his first tag match in AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are right about that. It's not his debut for a single matchup. No, nope. but it's his debut for tag team. No, but it's it's Son of Fuego's debut because it's totally not Cody Rhodes. My eyes are hurting. No, and then but the I other mean, one. I, I, that... But I mean, the Fuego itself though isn't is isn't is his tag team debut though technically. Um, I think he might have teamed once with okay. Sammy or someone, but I'm not sure. And okay. then I got to scroll back on my Twitter feed because I can't remember the name that they gave him. But uh, totally not Daniel Bryan uh, mm-hmm. wrestled on in the dark tapings. 100% not Daniel Bryan. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was... Let's see if it's Fightful's uh, tweet. Nope, it wasn't him. So who was it? Anyways, I can't remember. Did I keep it like up American up? Dragon or something? Uh, no, he wrestled in a uh, like a full-on suit. Like yeah, a, in, a, in a mask. In a mask. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> How did they know it was him? Um. Because it it's him, just his body. Uh, this is uh, this is totally riveting. Um, uh, but I'm trying to find what the name that he wrestled under. So while you find that, uh, can I actually ask you if so? You didn't end up watching Crown Jewel, correct? I did not watch Crown you Jewel. You just no. watched the results. Okay. Read the results, rather. Yes. Read the results. <laughs> or you watched our cheating podcast. I did watch at least some of it, <clears throat> mostly so I could call you a whore. <laughs> yeah, never seemed to disappoint. Was his name? Anyways, uh, they there was even a picture of him. There we go, Infinito. Um, and uh. Let's see. Give me one second to find it here because, oh, and I think I lost you. Yeah, just just me. So we'll wait for him to find a way to rejoin. Riveting, riveting stuff. If he does not show back up shortly, then we will go ahead and wrap this up. But I'm going to give him just a little bit of time. I'm betting his computer died. 
So here is Infinito wrestling on uh, AEW Dark. Um, and that is totally not Brian Danielson. Mm, nope, nope. 100% isn't Brian Danielson. There he is. Betting he's on his phone. Wait for the video to connect. How do you have okay. a video of this already? Uh, this is just a fan cam picture of it from, but that's Infinito. Infinito. <laughs> which is 100% not Brian Danielson. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Um, Why do we think that's Brian Danielson? Um, or not Brian Daniel? Why would you say? I mean, it looks so much like him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in, in the end, you know, here's the deal. Brian Danielson has a wrestling style. We know Brian Danielson when we see him. Right. Did, did he actually do the kicks? Um, he won with uh, what was it like just a roll up or something like that? Uh, arm bar. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, opened the show. Uh, let's see. Either way, uh, if they want to watch it, we don't want to spoil it. But yeah. not Daniel Bryan will be making his debut as Infinito on AEW Dark. Yeah. So but watch that and have fun. Tons of fun. So uh, watch that. But um, knowing that I'm betting your uh, computer died. Uh, it's almost going to. I'm going to place it on charge, actually. So, uh, but so. but it, it is fine. We will go ahead and wrap things up for this. We've gone for two and a half hours and and talked about a lot but um if you joined us for the live stream thank you for joining us if you're listening to us later on or watching the replay on youtube or facebook again thank you as well um we'd love for you to join but we understand we stream at a weird time it's hard for some people to get here it's just it works <laughs> best for us yeah. um actually works best for me yeah. i'll say it doesn't work as well for, <laughs> for JLB. He he goes out of his way to stay up for this. Um, and so uh, that's why I say he's a whore, but he's our whore. Um, and so uh, uh, I, I do also really quickly have to share one more thing, though. Oh, my God. I really got a tinkle. Let's go. Yeah, nope. Here, here, one more thing. Just got to find it right there. <laughs> um, already up on our shop from last week. I am a fluffy tortilla <laughs> um, because I mentioned uh, chalupas are just fluffy tortillas. It's valid. It's a valid point, though. It's a fluffy tortilla. So you can get that shirt now um, if, if you want it, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, still waiting on your shirt for the. Um, yeah, yeah. I totally didn't do anything yet, but I did win the bet. Ah. You, you did win the Although bet. Although I said Dewdrop was going to win, but. Uh, you know, the bet uh, Baszler didn't even. The bet was more on Baszler. The bet was more Doudrop. about whether Baszler be Dewdrop, not whether yeah. Dewdrop won the full thing. So. Exactly. So, uh, ah. but anyways, well, um, I mean, thank God I didn't do it. He wouldn't have showed up today. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's okay. You it, once you design it, it'll take a while for him to actually get the shirt, anyways. So. Exactly. So, but um, but anyways, if you joined us for the live stream or you're joining us later, thank you. Make sure to click like. Uh, share, subscribe to the podcast. Link is in the doobly doos for all of that information. Uh, all of that down there. Uh, our podcast, uh, 
any place you can find us there, our social medias, our Twitter, Twitch, no, not Twitch yet. I might actually start streaming this on Twitch. Who knows? Um, oh, our merch store and our Patreon are all down there. How many Make, places are you sharing it right now? Facebook right now, it's and... just Facebook and YouTube. Um, okay, yeah, so might as well add the Twitch. Uh, the, o- the only reason I haven't done Twitch yet, and it's really a silly reason, is uh, Twitch... Do- well, Twitch doesn't like not being the exclusive host. Um, and so at at standard level, they don't have a problem with it. But if you get to affiliate level, they require you to to only stream to Twitch and then rebroadcast later, but live streaming just to Twitch. And uh, I don't know if I want to... And, you know, I could turn down affiliate level if we get to that level on Twitch, but... I mean, yeah, we'll worry about that when it comes for now. But for now, More I'm like, eh. On our faces. Um, but here's the deal. Twitch, Twitch isn't really good at recommendation, right? So if someone doesn't specifically go to your Twitch stream, it's really hard to find it. And if they're already specifically going someplace, they might as well just go to YouTube where it's already that. So I don't know. I debate back and forth. But anyways, uh, all of our social medias are in the doobly-doos down below. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on pretty much any social media at raw and order WBU, except on Facebook where it's at pissant podcast. Um, long, stupid story behind that, but that's what it is. Uh, you can follow JLB at JLB 420 is on Twitter at Re- uh, real talk radio is the brand though at real talk radio eight anchor.fm slash RTR for where all the podcasts are the Spotify's apples stitchers title. I think I'm on now. Um, so it's all there. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, on Facebook it's at real talk radio technically. So, uh, or RTR technically. So check me out there and I'll have all my other social medias, whatever you prefer. Uh, you can definitely, uh, watch that. We're still doing our dark side of the ring recaps there. Uh, and hopefully I will do more stuff because there's a lot more stuff. I'll be doing a Dune review. Um, which won't be great if you're a Dune fan because uh, it was really bad and I didn't like it. So for if you want to hear more, if you want to hear more about that, uh, we're going gonna, to fight. We're going to fight about this. <laughs> you watched it? You watched the new yeah, one? Yeah, watched it today. Yeah. Yeah. You liked it? Yeah. Yeah. That makes Loved one it. of us. Loved it. Loved it. Okay. Big Dune fan, though. Big. Du- okay. Well, that's it. I'm not a big dude fan. I didn't read the book. I didn't watch the original. I came in it like that. Um, Don't watch the original if you want to enjoy it. Enjoy anything. The original one's like a two and a half hour long acid trip. It's well, not so but that's David Lynch, though. David Lynch yes, is exactly is, that's Don't, what he does. Don't watch it. Um, I, I, if just a little small thing, I did enjoy everything but the story. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the camera work. I enjoyed the effects. All that I thought was really good. I just didn't like how uh, the story came about and how they tried to, I don't know. I just wasn't a fan of, uh, I, I found there was no chemistry. I didn't like it. It didn't bring me in. I wasn't invested. Um, uh, I I will I will say this Dune uh Dune is some serious sci-fi. Um and I and I mean this from this standpoint, right? You've got fluff sci-fi that you can watch on TV and and, and What do you call Star Wars? Time. Uh Star Wars is sci-fi 
fantasy. Okay. Um, here's the deal. I've always said this because I'm one of those people. Um, geez, we're going off on a weird tangent. I'm one of those people who I am a Star Wars and a Star Trek fan, and people go, Oh, how could you like them both? Like, because here's the deal: Star Trek is science fiction, Star Wars is science fantasy. Okay. And people go, What do you mean? If science fiction is uh, a fictional future of potentially Earth, maybe something else, that's fine. But a future and where technology is is the centerpiece of the sh- of the story, right? Mm-hmm. So for Star Trek, it's we've developed to a point that we've got the technology to travel to all sorts of different planets and explore brave new worlds, and and technology is the centerpiece of of the thing, and mm-hmm. everything else is world building and all that stuff. Star Wars, though, at its root, technology isn't important to Star Wars, right? Right. At its root, it's Just a sword and sorcery. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, a knight in shining armor has to save the damsel in distress from the evil wizard who has magic powers, and he has to fight him with a sword. Right. It's it's you got to slay the dragon. It's it's a fantasy story set in a science setting. Right. Okay. Science fiction. Dune, okay. however, um, a is really hardcore science fiction. It's very much science fiction. It takes place in the future of Earth. The movies don't always make that one hundred percent clear, but this is the distant future of Earth. Um, that it takes place on. Right. Right. Uh, technology is inherent to the storyline. The technology of how they they travel the planets, how it's tied to the spice trade, um, how the the planet of Arrakis is so important to to the travel of the the world and everything, how um, the technology of the still suits allow people to survive in the desert, the the technology of the the um, shields that the the people wear for battle that protects them in battle also attracts the sandworm. It's, it's some real hardcore sci-fi shit. Um, and it can be real. And, and here's the deal. This is why it's a hard (laughs) movie to film because this storyline that you watched in this was based off the book. It's based off the book, but it's only a third of the book. Right. Yeah. If even a third, if it's even really a full third, it's not the full story. The How book. many pages is the book? The book's like this thick. Oh Jesus! Okay, I I, I have it downstairs. I, if if I knew we were going to talk about this, oh, I'd have next it next time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a thick book. And mm. here's the deal: the story of Dune, Frank Herbert's story of Dune. Uh in the I want to say he wrote six books himself before he died. I think he had a seventh oh. book almost done, and then he died. Uh, but in the six books that he wrote himself, the story encompass, uh, uh, encompasses like 30,000 years. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And events that took place in book one affect events in the end of the like butterfly effect things for mm. 30,000 years. See, right? if they would have made it like a butterfly effect kind of movie, I would have been down. Um, but so here, like I said, here's why it's so tough to film and it's really tough to film only a third of a story and make it make sense. Um, there are things that I didn't like about it as much. Uh, um, Denis Villeneuve, uh, however you pronounce his name, I probably butchered it. Uh, Mm. Villeneuve, 
is is a phenomenal director. I loved a lot of the other things about Blade Runner 2049. It's Québécois. <clears throat> uh uh, I I I loved uh, some of his other movies. I really do. Um, I like Oscar Isaac. I um, I like Jason Momoa. Um, you know the, the the actors in this. Tim Timothy Chalamet is about my only, and I don't want to say sticking point because I thought he was a good actor, but I I had a, a thought <coughs> about uh, twenty or thirty minutes into the movie that then haunted me the rest of the movie. Mm. Um, if you want to have fun, uh, rewatch some of Dune with this thought in your mind. Timothy Chalamet delivers his lines like a young Nicolas Cage. Oh no, why would you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> and once you have that in your mind, it's hard to watch it again because now you can just see Nicolas Cage doing. And then now that you know this, knowing that Timothy Chalamet is. Uh, currently, right now, filming a prequel to Willy Wonka. Oh, nice. Uh, where he plays a young Willy Wonka. Mm. And it's Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, if I'm correct. Like, if you okay. look at the stuff, it's not the Johnny uh, Depp, Johnny Depp weird Willy Wonka. It's, it's, but now think, think how Nicolas Cage would be as as Willy Wonka and it's gonna ruin things for you. Anyways. Uh, you've um, done it. You made me hate Dune more. That's that's no, but here's the deal is it might make it more enjoyable if you didn't it maybe like it. Um, yeah. I but, mean <clears throat> but yeah, again it's it's some hardcore science fiction and it's not mm, for everybody. For sure. Um I, I do know you're probably gonna be in the minority. It's getting really good reviews and it led the box office this weekend. Well there was nothing um, else. What else was this week? Halloween movies. Halloween, Halloween movies Halloween just, Kills was trash. It doesn't matter. You can put out a trash movie, a trash horror movie, and it will still win the box office in Halloween month. And <laughs> I'm right. not even talking specifically. I mean, it. they could have put out fucking... Uh, Saw 22. Saw 22 or Midsummer 2 or whatever, mm. and it normally would have killed the box office. And for Dune to come out and kill the box office this week is a big deal. Um but it again, it's it's really hard for any movie to be a third of the story and still uh, make sense um, and still be fun. Um, if if you want something, if you want to try to give Dune another shot, as in Dune the storyline, not Dune the movie, um, uh, I recommend you take some time and try to find. Sci-Fi Channel did a mini series of Dune back in the early 2000s. Oh, um, okay. It was a three-part mini series for the first book, and then they did a sequel one a few years later um, called Children of Dune. Uh, in no way, here's the deal. This movie reminded me in some ways of it, but at the same point, uh, obviously way lower budget because it was a Sci-Fi Channel movie right. or miniseries rather than a big budget Hollywood movie, mm -hmm. but, um, but it, uh, Alec Newman, uh, played, uh, Leto, uh, William Hurt played, uh, William Hurt played Leto, uh, Alec Newman played Paul. Um, anyways, I'll uh, check it out. I'll check it out. Check it I out. mean, like no guarantees. You are a hardcore, uh, sci-fi guy though. Uh, so but, uh, but that it, is your bag. Yeah. In the end, here's the deal. I've, I've read all of the Frank Herbert Dune books. So Jesus, it is okay. up my alley. Um, okay. I stopped reading when his son took over because 
So long story, Frank Herbert died. His son later found a bunch of his manuscripts and teamed up with Kevin J. Anderson to try to finish the stories. And uh, they don't feel right. They don't feel the same. But here's mm. here's the deal. When you know the backstory for a few things, A, without Dune, there would be no Star Wars. I want to be very clear on that. Without Dune, there would be no Star Wars. But didn't Dune come out in 84? But I guess the books came out way before. The that. books were written in the 60s. Uh, okay. Um, but even more than that, you find the original script for Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? You you know in the Dune movie the 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 um women the the Bene Gesserits were the women controlling thing the the you know right. all that stuff right? Uh, the name of the Jedi were the Bene Jedi in the original Star Wars scripts. Oh, scripts okay, exactly from Dune. Uh, the Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi. Was it's Frank word. Herbert, right? Frank Herbert, yes. Does um, 800 pages make sense? That's about right. Okay, nice. I'll get it on my Kindle. Yeah. Um, it's a like, like, so you, you get to the, the brass tacks of it. You've got a young boy on a desert planet who's destined to, uh, uh, who has great destiny, um, in a war between multiple. Did Steven Spielberg uh, ever Empire's? mention that though? Um, it it or I think George went Lucas to, rather George Sorry. Lucas. I think it went to a lawsuit and then got settled out of court. But but here's oh, really? the deal: that should uh, be George Lucas it, admitted that he uh, was influenced by Dune. Um, okay. Yeah, you can. This this isn't this isn't secret history at all. It isn't um, okay. You know, uh, if you go Star Wars dune uh the the first uh thing that comes up is star wars dune ripoff and the top one is a nerdist article everything star wars borrowed from dune tatooine is just like arrakis moisture farmers is just like dew collectors the sand crawlers or the sarlacc sandworm spice that's a that's a a thing in Star Wars is the drug spice, which is the central piece of Dune is spice. The Empire right. and the Imperium. Princess Leia is directly ca- taken from Princess Aaliyah, who isn't in this movie, but will show up in later movies. Along when they do it. Um, the Force mm. and the Voice, the Weirding Ways. Han Solo was directly based on Duncan Idaho. Um, the... Uh, okay. Bene Gesserit and the Jedi. I'll, Bene Jedi. And I'll so, Google anyways. it. I'll Google it. Let's go. Because I got a piece yes. still. Yes. <laughs> so, so um, in, in the end, I, I will let you not like it. I will just fight you on it. That's all I'm saying. No, that's fair. And I'm even down to do a little, uh, a little, I'll, I'll, I'll rewatch it at some point. Mm-hmm. And when I do, I'll even try to maybe read a little bit of the book to get a little backstory mm-hmm. too. Maybe that would help me out. Uh, I like to give things a chance. I'm not just about shitting on things That's and what, all that. So. Again, you know, if you get a chance to try to find the the uh, the mini the series there. from, um, it was just called uh, Dune the TV show, or it's called a... I think Frank Herbert's Dune. Okay, yeah, I'll uh, try to look for it. Let's see, when did it come out? Frank Herbert's Dune, two thousand. 
three episodes uh, they're long i think all told it's about four hours between three but three episodes three, three episodes because it was a mini series okay um and so you, you can watch it over time again not as high a budget but it it's fairly true to the story and having watched this you'll understand uh the storyline a little bit better and get something uh there were some okay. things that this movie changed from the book and that the original miniseries had better um what's it kinda, world that came out in twenty one though, so it's probably some that. Stupid... That's uh, uh, I think a Dune ripoff. To be perfectly honest, uh, I I was looking up Dune, Dune the miniseries, found it. Yep. Jesus, that's big. Okay, cool. <clears throat> but anyways, we will wrap things up. If you stayed <laughs> uh, through this wrap up, um, give yourself a cookie because we went way off script on this this does bring me uh, on a podcast oh, there's an audiobook i'm sure oh. book, yeah um uh this does bring up something i pitched to uh da fabe at one point that we need to start a um off-duty uh episode where we don't talk about wrestling we talk about other shit um yeah that would be fun you know off the clock but anyways uh but we will go ahead and wrap things up close the book on the wrestling booking unit uh thank you all for listening we will see you soon